This show is brought to you by the Genesis Communications Network, a world leader in talk radio since 1998. Visit GCNlive.com today. Night Owl Live, the show for PC users who can handle the truth. And now, here's your host, Gene Steinberg. This week on the Tech Night Owl Live, we'll be featuring Josh Centers, the managing editor of Tidbits, and he also writes for Take Control Books. Becky's co authored a new book we'll hear about shortly. And a little bit later, we'll hear from Brian Chaffin of the Mac Observer. All this and more. So much more on the Tech Night Owl Live. So, Josh, I was over at a Walmart store the other day, and I've used Apple Pay at Walgreens. Isn't that confusing? (laughs) The the large drugstore chain. And it's been okay, except recently, I don't know if this is a change in Walgreens, when you run a charge through, normally... With my bank debit card, I have a choice of credit or debit, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Suddenly, they're only giving me the debit choice. Right. Walgreens. Probably to avoid the uh, the credit card fees. Well, that's too bad. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> so now I hear there's something called Walmart pay. Duh. Right, right. So tell me, what's that about? So um, you might recall, and your listeners might recall, um, Walmart led a consortium called MCX, which I I forget what it stands for. It doesn't really matter now because it's basically dead in the water. But they wanted to line up with other uh, big chains and have their own alternative to Apple Pay for for whatever reason. And the the alternative they came up with is something called Currency, which um, right now is is dead. Doesn't look like it's going to get any better. It's actually currency is D E A D. Yes, <laughs> yes. It's it's out of juice, as uh, Glenn Fleischman wrote. So, so it's dead in the water. But Apple, I guess, decided, well, let's take it and run with it. And they set up this system called Apple Pay. Uh, Walmart Pay. I keep calling it Apple Pay. <laughs> and uh, it's inside the Walmart app, which is actually a pretty useful app in and of itself. So it doesn't use NFC, doesn't use the wireless technology that Apple Pay does. Instead, it uses a QR code, and it links to a credit card, debit card, or even a Walmart gift card. Now, it's an important distinction because currency only linked to your checking account. And so a lot of people said right then there, okay, that just isn't going to work. I don't want something linked directly to my checking account. And so the way it works is when you go to the checkout, you open the Walmart app, and uh, after you have it, set up it should be a link right there at the top of the app and you tap that and it's a little camera comes up and you you scan this qr code that's in the point of sale terminal there at the checkout and it takes a few seconds links up with the app and then you know when your transaction goes through it just charges your card automatically whichever card you've set up with uh, walmart pay this is the curious thing it the register will not print a receipt. And that's about the only thing that seems to throw the sales clerks for a loop. Throws me for a loop, too, because that's, you know, usually, you know, your transaction's finished. Instead, you get a notification on your phone, 
and uh, tells you your receipts available. You open up, and the Walmart app actually saves all of your your Walmart pay receipts. So they're right there in the app. Well, in a sense, I guess that's convenient, but confusing. It is. Um, yeah, it is convenient. It's nice to have all those there because, you know, those, it's so hard to keep track of those things, and they tend to fade pretty quickly. I, I do wonder how that's going to work with returns, though. I haven't tried returning anything to Walmart uh, that I bought with Apple Pay because usually you have to hand them your receipt and all that. So I don't know if you ha- just have to show it to them on the phone or maybe it's in the system because you used Apple Pay, so maybe you don't need anything. You um, keep saying Apple Pay. You have to say Walmart, uh, pay. <laughs> Walmart You know, pay. listen to this, folks. You know, normally I don't like to correct people. And, you know, sometimes we'll just fix the recording. But every time he wants to say Walmart pay, he says Apple pay. And it's yeah. not because he's making a foolish mistake. It's because it's confusing. It, it really is. It really is. Well, you know, it's funny. Uh, I wrote an article about Walmart pay. See, I got it right that time. I wrote an uh, article about Excuse Walmart Excuse me. Pay. Thank you, sir. <laughs> For- for tidbits, and I kept writing Apple Pay while I'm at Walmart Pay. So, yeah, it, it is very confusing. And, and let's be honest, I mean, they're kind of writing the coattails of Apple's branding there. It also seems confusing because you have to run a separate app. You don't have the flexibility because you can't just work within the standard payment structure where it's just another way to pay. The other thing that bothers me in terms of payments is these chips on certain credit cards. My wife's debit card, I don't have it, but my wife's debit card, she's at a different bank. We don't want to get into the details of that. She has a chip card. Mm -hmm. And the problem with the chip card is you can't just swipe it and take it back. You've got to leave it there until the transaction is done. This is true even if you go to a bank where it doesn't absorb the card inside the machine. You just slide it in, slide it out. And that's what it says in the bank's ATM instructions with the chip, you've got to leave it there. What's right, that about? Right. right. It's very annoying because it well, it does and the chip isn't instantaneous because it has to do all this um, encryption, decryption, and it, it takes some time. It takes about 20, 30 seconds. And you see, there's the thing. Mm-hmm. It's slower. We understand the benefits, but they can't figure a way to give you those benefits and not have you sit there going When's this going to end? Yeah, well, and Apple Pay isn't much faster, but one of the reasons I recommend it, if you have a chip card like that, is because, well, it may not be much faster, at least you don't have the stress of leaving your card in the machine. Because whenever I have the card in there, I don't know, it just makes me nervous. I'm afraid I'm going to forget about it and, and leave it stuck in the machine. I'm sure that probably happens all the time. At least with Walmart Pay, once once you've, you've you know done the thing, it's done, right? It's, it's going to go through and charge. Yeah, with the... With the credit, with the chip card, you have to just leave it in there and leave it in there and just wait and keep your eye on it. You don't want anyone else to re- reach up over and snatch it. You don't want to leave it there as you're grabbing your bags, you know. So yeah, it's it's kind of stressful and it's kind of annoying. All this and more. Getting back to Walmart Pay, so I can use it with any smartphone. Just install the app and set up a card. What's that now? If I want to use Walmart Pay. Mm-hmm. Okay. I want to use Walmart Pay. Okay. I can do it with the Walmart Pay app on any smartphone, or is there even a version available for iOS? Oh, yeah. No, it's uh, it's the Walmart app for iOS. Uh, there's no separate Walmart Pay app. It's just the, the main Walmart app 
um, which is actually pretty useful because you can do shopping lists, share shopping lists, and it's got like a map to the store and lets you search for things. And so um, I, I detail all this in my Tidbits article about how to set it up. Um, basically, well, if you already have a, a payment method set up with Walmart um, with the app, then it's already in there. Otherwise, you just step through, you, uh, you enter your details, just set up your cart, just like you would with any retailer. And uh, then once you turn on Apple, uh, almost did it again once you turn on walmart pay <laughs> it uh it's set up with it so it's it's i think we should have a contest hold on sir i think we should have a contest how many times josh says apple pay instead of walmart pay T- take a drink every time i do so <laughs> if i took a drink of the substance that you probably drink i was just having a wake-up drink here <laughs> called joker ladies and gentlemen it's called joker ultimate zero mad energy I just did a commercial for a product they don't even advertise with us. But if I took the kind of drink you have out there in the deep deep south, the deep rich south, well, after each error, by the time we got to about 10 minutes into the show, I'd be shaking and and going, yeehaw. (laughs) Yeehaw. How do you like that? I live in the south, by the way, so I'm not insulting you. Because my first wife and my ex-mother-in-law are from the South, from Alabama. So I am not insulting you, okay? I so, understand that. I appreciate anyone who can do a good hee-haw impression. <laughs> oh. Well, I have some other impressions I do, but the impression people get from my impression it's is not, not impression. terribly favorable. But seriously speaking, or as one TV comedian once said, all seriousness aside... We'll talk a little bit more about Walmart pay and about the fact that currency went DEAD, never went anywhere beyond initial testing, and more stuff, a lot more stuff. With Josh Centers, I'm Gene Steinberger in the Tech Night Out Live. As you know, neighbors, web hosting can be pretty cheap, but not all hosting is the same. DreamHost wins best of awards year after year. You get unlimited disk space, unlimited bandwidth, and even the low-cost plans put your sites on high-performance SSDs. Want to know more about what DreamHost has to offer? Go to technightowl.com slash host. Once again, that's technightowl.com slash host. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's The Coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors. Find out more at rockoids.com. That's rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. This is a warning to all household pests, to all cockroaches, spiders, ants, rodents, and other pests. If you've just made yourself at home in someone else's home, you'd better hope the owners never hear about Terminix. Because Terminix has the know-how and the means to do whatever it takes to remove you from that home. Terminix has over 85 years of experience exterminating invaders like you. And right now, they're making it easier than ever for homes to be protected by offering a free pest estimate to every caller at 1-800-676-1468. Cockroaches, spiders, ants, rodents, and other pests. This is your eviction notice. With one call, Terminix will remove you from the home you've invaded. If you think you can simply come back later, think again. 
Terminex will protect that home with a 100% satisfaction money-back guarantee so you can never return. Warning, homeowners are calling Terminex right now for a free pest estimate at 1-800-676-1468. 1-800-676-1468. Limitations apply. See plan for details. This is Dan Pilla. Do you owe the IRS money you can't pay? Are tax debts crippling you? I've defended people from the IRS for over 30 years. I've helped thousands and I can help you too. I wrote the book on IRS settlement and I'm telling you, there's no such thing as a hopeless case. Call 800-34-NO-TAX to finally get free of IRS debt. With the IRS's new programs, there's never been a better time to solve your problem. Call 800-34-NO-TAX. That's 800-34-NO-TAX or my website, danpilla.com. Is negative content or comments on the web affecting your personal or professional reputation? Unfavorable comments, embarrassing pictures, videos, legal documents, and negative articles can ruin your personal life, your career, or your business. It happens a lot, and it's just not fair. But what can you do? ReputationDefender.com can help protect your good name. Get a free consultation now. Call 800-831-0771. That's 800-831-0771. Call right now for a free expert reputation analysis. It's easy to squash the unfair attacks with our patented system, and the analysis is absolutely free. Make the best things about you jump out in searches. Protect your personal and professional reputation, your business, and your income. Get your free reputation analysis from ReputationDefender.com right now. Call 800-831-0771. 800-831-0771. That's 800-831-0771. Or visit ReputationDefender.com today. Hunters, anglers, campers, and survivalists. Get back to nature. Expand your horizons with the highest quality, most versatile, unique slingshots and slingbows on the market at slingbow.com. Slingbow products are compact and models start from just $17.98. They're perfect for your bug out bag or storing in your vehicle. Give yourself and your loved ones the excitement and tradition of Slingbow. A new frontier in archery and truly modern twist on this primitive survival tool. Feel the thrill only at slingbow.com. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Tech Night Owl Live, please send it to news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. If you'd like to discuss today's show with fellow night owls, visit our community forums at forum.technightowl.com. That's forum.technightowl.com. So we are starting on a very strange foot here as I'm trying to drink my wake-up juice and trying to count how many times Josh Centers says Apple Pay when he means Walmart Pay. Now, that may be the thing, too. When you look at the terminals and everything, they look kind of similar. Well, you know, part of the problem with Apple Pay is a lot of the times, this has gotten a little better, but a lot of times you don't even know if a retailer supports it. Um I'll tell you, at Subway, um, maybe they fixed this recently, I don't know, but the first few times I used it at Subway, the, uh, their terminal just looks like a, like a little keypad. It just looks like, I don't know, like a calculator or something. There's no indication it has NFC or Apple Pay. It works fine. It works in every Subway I've been in, but there, you know, there's no indication of it. And the employees aren't trained in it. I, I think, if anything, this is one advantage that a retailer-owned system like Apple uh, – Almost did it again. Like Walmart Pay has over Apple Pay is that you know they have incentive to train their employees and and tell them what's up, so you know they're not so surprised 
but yeah, it it is kind of confusing. Well, at least at least with Walmart Pay, it's very upfront. You know, you look at the terminal, it will say something about, oh, hey, you can use Walmart Pay here. So the branding is a bit clearer than uh, than Apple Pay usually is, and the employees seem to be trained on it, so they're not just totally they'll think you're some kind of wizard because you paid with your phone. That's one advantage uh, I think these retailer-owned payment systems have. Apple's problem is it has to work with everybody. Is that it? Right. Yeah, and also it seems like, I don't know, the marketing effort, the, the education front of Apple Pay seems to be remiss. There have been so many times I use Apple Pay in a store like a McDonald's or a Subway or somewhere, and the employees are just like, what, 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 what did you just do? Like, like sometimes they're amazed. Sometimes they're confused. It always calls attention to you. And, and the last thing you want when you're just trying to check out, I don't know, you're buying some diapers or something. The last thing you want is a lot of attention on your person, right? It's just, it's just sort of embarrassing. So I think that's one of the big barriers to, to systems like Apple Pay. Well, it's also the, the thing is you don't know if it's going to work or not. I, I've, I you know, it, it, you, Apple Pay, I do mean Apple Pay this time, usually works for me, but sometimes, especially it seems like in Walgreens for some reason, um, maybe because the cell reception in my Walgreens is kind of spotty, sometimes it just doesn't go through. And, and there's nothing more embarrassing than being in line, especially if you have people behind you and your transaction doesn't go through for some reason. And so, it's always your fault. They say, look, oh, here's thing didn't go through oh boy right right yeah and so um you know yeah i mean so most of the time i just end up reaching for the card or for cash yeah i can't think of the last time i used apple pay in a store and as to whether i'll use walmart pay uh, you know i don't i don't know i used it a couple times for the article just so i can get a sense of it but right now these things are more novelties than practicalities i mean I think they're good to have, you know, I do recommend if you're a Walmart shopper, by all means, set up Walmart pay because, you know, if you leave your wallet at home or, you know, you have some kind of problem, it's nice to have a backup. It's always good to have a backup, but I don't think that would be my main way of paying for things in a store. Just as Apple pay is my main way of paying for stuff. You, know, you see, I, I with would... Apple pay, I've only used it a few times, only at a Walgreens. And it's not that other places don't have it. I mean, there's a place we took our dog to leave him for a few hours, kind of like a dog daycare place called Dog Days in Tempe, Arizona. I'm giving him a free plug. These are really nice people. <laughs> and they've got Apple Pay on their terminal. But nobody there knows how to use it. I said, well, I could do that because one of my banks does Apple Pay. And they said, well, we don't even know what to do or how to process it. And we don't even know if we've set it up. Well, sometimes you go to a, a store and they will have an NFC terminal and it will have the little NFC payment logo thing there. And you'll try Apple Pay and it just doesn't work because they haven't set up with Apple Pay. So, you know, and that's part of the confusion, too, because Apple used that symbol and they said, well, if you see this here, you can use Apple Pay. But that's not always the case. There's a gas station uh, just near my house and maybe it works now. I haven't tried it in a while, but... You know, I tried Apple Pay with it, and it just it failed. It failed every time, and you know, and eventually I just stopped trying. So yeah, I, I think that's the biggest problem with these. Well, there's two problems with these sorts of systems. One, um, they don't always work. They're not always consistent. And the second problem is that there's no real incentive. Walmart Pay offers an incentive in that okay, you you get your you get a digital receipt, which is nice. Um, you know, Apple Pay has the more elusive incentive of, well, it's more secure. But 
you know, to really get something like this off the ground, I feel like you have to offer some kind of, I don't know, cash back, some kind of discount, some kind of something just to entice people to want to use it because it's something strange and unfamiliar and there are these drawbacks to it. You know, credit card and cash, they work every time. Mobile payment system, don't know what the failure rate is, but it's less than 100% of a success rate. So you have to have some kind of incentive to, to get people to use these things and to give yourself more data to work out these kinks. You know, maybe Walmart will get more aggressive with this in the future and offer, you know, some incentives and stuff. But, you know, I, I think for these things to really take off, people are going to have to have a reason to, to use it over something, over the tried and true methods. We only hope. You see, anything that improves security is important, I think. Anything that improves the security of your payment has to help. This especially in the wake of that problem with Target a couple of years back where tens and tens of millions of accounts were compromised. But you see, I go to different stores and I see that some of these payment systems are positively ancient, like Kmart. Does anyone go to Kmart anymore? (laughs) Well, one reason is you want a cheap pizza, they've got Little Caesar pizza there. And I like the deep dish Little Caesar. This is Detroit-style pizza. It's actually pretty good. Although some people think I'm completely nuts because I'm from Brooklyn and I should know what real pizza is. And I do. But if I want junk food pizza, I can go to the nearest Kmart and it has a Little Caesars in front of the store. And it's cheap. But their payment systems are from, you know, 1920. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I I try to avoid the Kmart if I can help it. (laughs) They're not in good shape. Well, you see, that puts them in worse shape, though. Yeah, yeah, uh, it's but but it's good to know about the Little Caesars. They have a you know they have a respectable five dollar pizza. You know, <laughs> what they have here is you get a lunch, you get four small slices of deep dish pizza, and you get a drink for five dollars. And that's not bad. I mean, if you're on a budget like I am and you really want to spend one dollar for lunch, then certainly that's too expensive. Yeah, well, uh, I had a little Caesars in my town when I was still a bachelor, and it was uh, it was handy. You just walk in, you give them five bucks, they give you a pizza, and out you go. So, <laughs> you know, it wasn't bad pizza. You know, it wasn't, it wasn't the worst pizza. Well, what it is here is that a deep dish pizza, Chicago, Detroit, is the closest equivalent in the Midwest you get to a Sicilian pizza in New York. Very thick pizza. And if it's done right, it can be really good. I mean, we can argue the benefits of deep dish pizza as opposed to Sicilian. But I like to think that we can enjoy all parts of the country. When you look at Little Caesar also, it's owned by this group of people, a family that owns sporting teams in Detroit, and they're very big in civic affairs. And you figure, well, they're making money from you, but they're pretty nice people. We've got more to come with Josh Centers. It's not about pizza. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. 
Are your Google search results killing you? Unflattering content in blogs, news articles, online reviews, social media, or other sources can jeopardize your reputation, your business, and your livelihood. Let Reputation.com help. Our patented technology will make the truth about you more visible while pushing down unwanted negative content. Improve your Google search results. Call Reputation.com at 1-800-831-0771 for a free consultation. That's 800-831-0771. This is an alert. If your business or church is building this year, you're about to pay more than you should. This could mean thousands of dollars more for your office, retail space, church, or warehouse. A general steel building can save you as much as half the cost and time of similar conventional construction. And we're offering rebates of up to $20,000 to help you build today. Call General Steel for free information that could save you thousands. Call 866-91-STEEL. 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 Are you worried about your mom or dad living alone in their house? Hi, I'm Joan London. Listen, I know how difficult it is to find senior care for someone you love. That's why I recommend a free service called A Place for Mom. They are the nation's largest senior living referral service. Call A Place for Mom today. To receive free information on senior living communities in your area, call A Place for Mom at 1-800-704-6182. A Place for Mom offers free, one-on-one advice from local advisors and a personalized list of senior living communities you can visit. If you have questions about senior care for your mom or dad, there's a place for answers, a place for mom. Call A Place for Mom in the next 10 minutes to get your free ebook on financing senior care as well as free information on senior living communities in your area. Call 1-800-704-6182. That's 1-800-704-6182. Paid non-attorney spokesperson. Injury help desk is responsible for this advertisement. Principal office, Las Vegas, Nevada. This ad is not legal advice, and the choice of a lawyer should not be based solely upon advertisement. Services may not be available in all states. Attention prescription antibiotic drug users. Have you or a loved one suffered an aortic dissection, aortic aneurysm, or abdominal aortic aneurysm after taking the prescription antibiotic drugs Levaquin or Avalox? These popular antibiotic drugs have been prescribed more than 80 million times since 2004, and medical studies show an increased risk of the following injuries. Aortic dissection, aortic aneurysm, and abdominal aortic aneurysm. If you or a loved one used the prescription antibiotic drugs Levaquin or Avalox and suffered from aortic dissection, aortic aneurysm, or abdominal aortic aneurysm, you may be entitled to substantial financial compensation. Act now. Time is limited to file a claim. You may be entitled to substantial financial compensation. For a free consultation and free information, call Injury Help Desk at 800-823-3851. 800-823-3851. 800-823-3851. Blood clot device alert. If you or a loved one had an IVC filter placed to prevent blood clots from traveling to your heart or lungs and suffered an injury, you may be entitled to substantial financial compensation. The FDA warns that IVC filters may cause serious complications such as heart or lung damage, internal bleeding, and even death. These dangerous blood clot devices can break and the metal fragments can travel to your heart or lungs, causing serious injuries. If you or a loved one 
someone suffered organ damage or other injuries from an IVC filter, you may be entitled to substantial financial compensation. Act now. Time is limited to file a claim. For a free consultation and free information, call Injury Help Desk at 800-478-1507. 800-478-1507. 800-478-1507. This is an advertisement. Paid non-attorney spokesperson. InjuryHelpDesk.com is responsible for this advertisement. Principal Office, Las Vegas, Nevada. Live with Gene Steinberg. It's the Tech Night Owl. Because you never know what's going to happen next. Okay, so I'm sick and tired of pizza and Apple Pay and all this nonsense. So you're running the public betas or the developer betas of Mac OS Sierra and iOS 10. You see, I stumble at Mac OS Sierra because I want to say 10. Right. But I won't right. do it anymore. It's confusing. Yeah. So I've, I've been running the beta of iOS 10 on my iPad Air for a while. I haven't updated my phone yet, um, but it's about time because usually by beta 3, which is out now, uh, developer beta 3, I think public beta 2 is out now. Um, usually by then, it's it's fairly baked. It's fairly stable, and things aren't going to change too much after that. So I do need to do that. As far as Mac OS, so I do um, every summer I, I update the iOS crash course we do for Take Control. And so for that reason, I do not mess. I only have one Mac. I can't get my, I can't get my uh, MacBook to Pro to uh, boot up. So I don't mess with the operating system on my iMac until the book's done. I don't want to jeopardize the deadline there. And uh, so, so the only beta I have right now is uh, iOS 10 on my iPad, and it's it's pretty good. It's I mean I don't think it's going to be uh, life changing for anyone, but there, there's some good bits in there. What do you like about it? I like the way the notifications are set up. Instead of having this sheet of notifications, white text on black, which is always difficult to read at a glance, it is black text on gray, and it's very readable. And I just think it looks mm-hmm. easier. It's easier for me to find what I want. And I think that's one of the big improvements. But you have to get used to a different way of unlocking the phone. You no longer slide to unlock. Slide to unlock is history. Remember the big lawsuit that Apple made years ago? The slide to unlock feature was exclusive to the iPhone and, of course, obviously the iPad and other companies to copy it couldn't. Well, Apple has given it up for iOS 10. Explain what this means. So before, well, you know, how it's been since the introduction of the iPhone, which is She's almost been 10 years now. You know, you'd wake up the phone by either pressing the sleep-wake button or the home button, and then you'd swipe on a little arrow to unlock. That changed in iOS 7, now you, then you just swipe on the screen to unlock. Well, now in iOS 10, they've, they've ditched the swipe entirely. Now to unlock, you have to press the home button. You press the home button once to wake it up. You press it again to uh, to unlock it. I haven't installed this on my iPhone yet. I don't have Touch ID on my iPad Air. But the complaint I keep hearing from people. So currently, the way it works is you you press your home button. You you put your uh, your finger on the on the on the home button to scan it with Touch ID, and it just unlocks the phone. So now, apparently, what you have to do is you have to scan it and then press it. To unlock it, so there's an extra little step there. 
And I think part of the reason Apple is doing this is because they're trying to add more prominence to the lock screen. Uh, th thus, you know, what you're talking about with uh, all this expanded notification stuff. They look different. Um, they have some more um, functionality than before. Um, you actually have interactive notifications now. So that's something that's going to take some getting used to for everybody, I think. You know, of course, it'll be a little different touch ID, but you still have to do that extra press. Maybe Apple will fix that. That's the big difference. Um, one of the things I really like about um, iOS 10 and uh, is that there's, um, of course, HomeKit's been around since iOS 8. Uh, it hasn't really been fully baked. So in iOS 10, Apple is adding an app called Home. It will act as a front end for all your HomeKit stuff. Now, there, there are already a lot of third-party HomeKit front ends. Um, there's one I use that's actually called Home that costs about $15 in the App Store, and I highly recommend it. But you won't necessarily need that app now um, with iOS 10. You can use this Home app. So I have some Hue lights in my house, and with the Home app, I can set them up. I can set up scenes and things. I can turn them on and off individually. I can activate scenes. Um, basically, everything you do in HomeKit, you can do through this Home app, which is really nice. Um, it's a very, very nicely designed app. It's one of those kind of classic, you know, well-designed Apple apps. But iOS 10 uh, you know, overall, I would say, and also I would say another huge change is that you may remember in iOS 9, they had this screen, it was like Siri suggestions, something like that. Well, it doesn't matter because that's gone now. And what they've done instead is they've they've merged that with widgets. And this is another reason why you can't swipe to unlock anymore. Because now on the home screen, if you swipe from right to left, that brings up the camera. You no longer activate that by swiping up on a corner. And then if you swipe from left to right, that brings you over to your widgets, which um, used to be in the Today view. And I think they've changed it in the latest beta, so they're still accessible um, from there um, if you swipe on the, um, on the notifications. But so essentially... They've merged um, Today View with the widgets. So all the stuff that was in Today View before and now are now just widgets. So you can customize all that, which is nice. So if you're on the home screen, you swipe from uh, left to right. You know, you go to that, that spotlight screen. Now it has, in addition to the search box, it has all your widgets and stuff. Um, so it's a little getting used to, but I do like how they've done that because it just makes more sense now. Instead of having all this separate stuff that you, you may not care about and you can't customize, now your widgets are right there, and so widgets are going to be more useful. So it's, it's lots of little refinements like that. Um, you know, there, I mean, a couple, a couple of big changes that will kind of throw you for a loop, but, you know, it's, again, one of those kind of updates where it's, it's not going to be earth-shattering, it's not going to be mind-blowing, um, but, you know, you'll notice some difference, but it's it's basically the same thing that it's been since iOS 7. It's just another evolution of it. It sounds promising, though, all this stuff. I'm looking at this, and I took a really big chance. I took an iPhone 6, and I said, what the heck? I upgraded it. The first beta, a little bit shaky. I hear you typing when you do that, sir. <laughs> Sorry. First beta. A little bit shaky. Second one, you know, things are working pretty good. The TV Guide app wouldn't bring up the latest news sometimes. It would stall. You know, mm -hmm. most things work pretty good. Third beta, you know what? I'm cool. At any time, I could have restored my iPhone. But I decided not to. I said, you know what? They're doing pretty good. I can't say the same with 
Mac OS Sierra, it's been fairly shaky in different ways. But then it could be my equipment. I don't know. I don't recommend that people do this, but what do you feel? Do you think that the public should be trying these out? Mm, Not on a daily driver device. If it's something that you depend on to to go about your day, um, whether it's a Mac or your Apple TV or your iPhone, no, I wouldn't recommend it. That being said, I realize there are people as crazy as myself who are going to do that anyway. Um, now, in my case, I kind of have to because I have to know what the differences are. And just sitting up on a test device, I don't think would be sufficient for me to find out, find out the differences because I feel like to, to really understand uh, those sorts of things, you kind of have to use it every day. So I'm kind of in a, in a particular situation. But um, – if you're the kind of person you, you insist on installing on your daily driver, I would say, I, w- I mean, I haven't tried Beta 3, but you seem to think it's okay. And usually Beta 3 of iOS is usually kind of stable. I mean, you're going to have battery life issues. Um, the uh, For some reason, screen rotation always seems to be a big problem in the betas. So, you probably, I mean, you'll probably have some little issues. Um, but from what I understand, most of the apps are working okay. And most of my apps are working from Beta 1. Um, so, you know, for, for the most part, it'll, it'll work okay, you know, and you can probably bite the bullet until it becomes official in uh, likely September. Um, I'm not sure about the Apple TV yet, uh, about that beta. I've heard a lot of mixed things. Now, if you do go ahead and install the uh, update your iPhone to iOS 10, um, I would go ahead and put watchOS 3 on your Apple Watch because I've heard even with the bugs and and things, watchOS 3 is so much better than watchOS 2. That but there's one it. problem here. The What's that? public doesn't get the betas of watchOS and tvOS. Oh, okay. I think it's only iOS and Mac OS. At least last I heard, they may open it up later. We'll have more to go with Josh Centers of Tidbits and Take Control Books. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. The award-winning Graphic Converter 10 the universal genius for photo editing apps on your Mac. Join over one and a half million loyal users for the Swiss Army Knife app. It gives you all the features that you expect. And most important, it's easy to use. You can get it for just $39.95 from www.lemkesoft.com. That's www.lemkesoft.com. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. 
Would you like to receive $250 to $1,000 cash per day? Go to richmoneyrich.com. No website, no selling, no explaining. Just take these simple two steps and go to richmoneyrich.com. You can be generating cash in the next 24 hours simply using this system. Good news is it runs on 100% autopilot and you don't need any experience to get started. It's easy. Get your share of riches and go to richmoneyrich.com. That's richmoneyrich.com. Go now. Brought to you by the conservative investor. Current returns not indicative of future results. Looking for that edge during those intimate moments? We see many ads for enhancement, but the side effects include death. At GCN Team, we should change the Healthy Body Brain and Heart Pack to the Healthy Libido Pack. The brain and heart are not the only organs that require a healthy vascular system. For proper blood flow at the right moment, go to GCNTeam.com or call 877-878-4203. That's 877-878-4203. That's 877-878-4203. As a doctor, I see patients every day who are losing their vision to age-related macular degeneration, also known as AMD. If you have blurry vision or blind spots, they can be symptoms of AMD, and if untreated, could lead to blindness. The good news? AMD can be managed with effective clinically approved treatments that may reverse some vision loss. For free AMD information, contact the Foundation Fighting Blindness at 1-800-BLINDNESS. That's 1-800-BLINDNESS. There is a cure in sight. My computer is so slow, it's making me crazy. I used to have that problem. Did you quit using a computer or, or did you buy a new one? No, I called Geeks on Site. They made an appointment to visit my home and showed up the same day. You mean they didn't ask you to bring your computer to a shop? That's what happened when I called a support company. Geeks on Site can go to your home or business or even repair your computer online. They have 24-7 emergency service. If you are having problems with your PC or Mac, call Geeks on Site. 1-800-591-1682. Our friendly certified computer repair experts are available 24-7. Call now for a free diagnosis. 1-800-591-1682. Data recovery, virus removal, and maintenance for all laptops, desktops, printers, and networks. That's Geeks on Site for friendly certified computer repair experts available 24-7 over the phone or in your home or business. Just call 1-800-591-1682. That's 1-800-591-1682. 1-800-591-1682. You know about RVs, you've heard about bunkers, but surviving is not recreation, and man wasn't made to live underground. Introducing Survivalist Camps, the ultimate fully functional off-the-grid survival bug-out house that's mobile, well-equipped, and custom-built to outlast any other RV or trailer. Go to survivalistcamps.com to learn more. That's survivalistcamps.com, providing your basic needs to survive. Survivalistcamps.com. know what's going to happen next? Well, here's the Tech Night Owl, live with Gene Steinberg. Josh Centers of Tidbits and Take Control Books, and I was looking at the public betas. And as I said, it's just iOS and Mac OS, I think because it's easier to deal with them and get out of them if things go wrong. With your iPhone, you could restore it. On your Mac, you stick it on an external drive or you set up a second drive partition or something. It's easy to get out of it. You can't get completely stuck. With an Apple Watch 
what do you do? Do you re- restore it somehow? Um, with your TV, I think it can be kind of messy, too. Your TV, you can restore with iTunes. There's a few different ways of restoring the Apple TV. Apple Watch, though, you're in trouble. People I've known who have bricked their Apple Watch with betas, all they could do is take them to the Genius Bar and get it worked out. From what I've heard, you know, Apple's usually kind of, well, good luck, you're on your own if you're using a beta. I've heard personal accounts, Apple's more willing to work with you on the Apple Watch. Well, because A, there's no way you can restore it yourself, and B, Let's be honest, you know, the Apple Watch hasn't been this huge smash hit so far. So Apple, you know, wants to stay on your good side. And as far as, yeah, it's true. The the Apple Watch, as far as I know, isn't a public beta. But let's be honest, people who are really into running betas usually find a way to get them. If, not, if nothing else, they'll pay the $100 or whatever it is to a good developer account. And uh, as far as the TV beta, I haven't tried that one yet. I, I probably need to install it. Um, I've I heard a lot of mixed things about the first beta. Some people say it worked great. Some people say it was awful. So my, my general advice, though, is you know don't don't put this stuff in your daily drivers. But if you're going to, I, I think the iOS one's probably um, okay now. I'm not quite sure what the draw would be of trying the beta for macOS Sierra uh, unless you're a developer and you, you need to test your apps because I don't think it adds that much stuff to the mix. Um, of course, it has certain features that work with the Apple Watch and, and uh, iPhone, like uh, the new thing where you can uh, unlock your Mac with uh, the Apple Watch. But, you know, I, I generally stay away from the Mac OS betas until at least after I get my uh, my book out, because my Mac is the machine that makes me money. So I'm not going to take any chances with it. No, I understand that. I understand why you have to be careful what you do. In my case, as I said, I have another partition on my work Mac. That's the chance I take. That partition could be wiped clean. I don't care. I've got the storage space, and I could use it. I also have external drives. I also have two external backups, so things really get wonky. I'm not backing up to that. I have a Time Machine backup. I have a clone backup through Carbon Copy Cloner. I have mm-hmm. a cloud backup from a company called Crash Plan. So if oh, really yeah. anything gets screwy... I'm okay. Right, yeah. You're, and you're I'm pretty screwy, as most people know. <laughs> that's an excellent strategy. Uh, that's the same one I use. I, I, have, uh, I have a time machine backup. I have the uh, carbon copy cloner. And uh, I use Backblaze, but, I do have, but that's my cloud backup. And, and I would apply it to anyone, whether you're crazy enough to run betas or not. You, know, you should always have those three backups. Reason being, uh, Time Machine's good for um, recovering past versions of things. Carbon Copy Cloner is good for um, if your whole hard drive crashes, you can still boot from your clone and get back to work. And um, the cloud backup is good in case uh, your house burns down or somebody steals your stuff or a hurricane wipes your house out. You know that data isn't a data center somewhere far away from you. So it's, it's disconnected from your physical location. So very good to have those three things the more backups the better and especially if you're going to play with a beta this shouldn't be on your work machine now understand at some point in time mac os sierra will reach a point of development probably a month or so from the final release where i'll take a chance and stick it on my work machine but remember i can always go back to carbon copy cloner which i will not allow to back up Go back to Carbon Copy Cloner and restore mm-hmm. the things I have. I will certainly do that with that option. So I can take a chance 
and that's what I get the big bucks for. What big bucks? I don't know, but I'm saying that. That's what I get the big bucks for, is to go ahead and take chances, because somebody has to do mm-hmm. it. On the other hand, like I said, Mac OS Sierra is not ready. iOS 10 surely is for me, but consider the options if you want to run the uh, beta. Is there anything that really doesn't turn you on about iOS 10? I'm not crazy about um, the loss of SWAT to unlock. I don't, I don't like having to hit the home button again. Um, the, the notifications, I think, are more readable. They're just different looking, so that's taking some getting used to. One thing I don't like is um, the banner notifications seem like they're harder to dismiss now. Because it seems like in iOS uh, 9, you can just tap somewhere else to get rid of them. Like these, so far, have been more persistent. I have to actually grab them, swipe them down, swipe them back up like, like window blinds to get rid of them. So I'm hoping Apple refines that a little bit. I understand they, they want the notifications to be more powerful and easier to see and all that, but uh, right now they're a little annoying. Um, but overall, I like iOS 10. Um, with a bit of refinement, I think it's going to be a big win for everybody. And and I think I think they kind of went. I think with all these operating system updates, iOS 10, WatchOS, etc. I think they they started asking themselves. Uh, they kind of went back to the drawing board of common sense. Um, a good example of that is rethinking the today view and, and not, not the today view, the, the series suggestions view and thinking, wait a second, these are just widgets. The common sense thing to do is to put the widgets here um, and, and to make these things that are here now into widgets. You know, it's, it's, it's all about rethinking and common sense stuff. Um, well, just like watch OS, you know, they've totally redesigned how watch OS works. Um, so and it's kind of, you know, okay, let's go back to the drawing board and figure out what the common sense thing is. Um, and I think that's very um, that's very much a sign of the Cook era because it seemed like toward the end of the Jobs era that you know they would push these things. Um, a good example is like you know the iOS file system, such as it was, uh, you know the, the iCloud file system that was so weird and limited and uh, and kind of obscure. And they're trying to do something totally different. And you know they've had to go back now in the cook era and think, wait a second, this, we try, we really try to push ahead with something different, but the different isn't working. Let's, let's try something that makes a little more sense here. Um, so I feel like that's, that's very much what a lot of these updates are about, you know, and even on TVOS, it's things like, um, you know, one of my biggest complaints about TVOS was unlike the older versions of the Apple TV software, it was all, all white. Everything is white, bright white, which, Looks nice in, in a demo video. Looks nice in the daytime, but you know if you're in a dark room at night, you know, and you're watching a movie and you finish the movie, you hit the home button, and suddenly you're blinded because it's a super bright screen. Now there's a dark mode, um, which will hopefully come to the other platforms. But um, that's something that was totally needed. So it's just it's lots of common sense stuff. It's like they, they thought, wait a second, what's the common sense thing to do here? Um, I think that's that's the one line that runs through all these operating system updates. Um, so yeah, I, I think I think that for the most part they're moving in positive directions here. Well, I think the big thing about it is when they're released, are we going to have all sorts of wacky glitches? Because the thing that bothers me about all this is the fact that when you go to the App Store and OS ten El Capitan has been out for what 10 months now but it's still not getting the love from reviewers i'm looking here at 
the rating for 10.11.6 just came out this week with all the updates. Mm-hmm. Patch Monday for Apple. <laughs> yeah. And you're still seeing like worst operating system yet. Spinning beach balls cured with etc cetera, etc cetera, but get it together. Beware. We are not beta testers. New update. New MacBook Pro oven. Oh, <laughs> new update. Just feel my MVP like an oven. I guess he means it's running hot. All right, right. But the thing is here is I understand that reviews online of something like this are weighted towards bad things. Sure. And the if reason they're weighted towards bad things is because if your operating system is working normally, it's supposed to be transparent to you. It's not something you pay attention to. You simply go about your business. If you have a problem, you'll function on the app that's generating that problem. The operating system is too fundamental for that. So you don't say anything. But if something goes wrong, you're upset. If the problem isn't solved quickly enough, you go online, you complain. So I suspect if it's getting a three-star rating, El Capitan, it would be four stars, but you lose a star because of the tendency for people to complain if they have problems but not to bother reviewing if they don't. We've got Josh Centers of Tidbits and Take Control Books. We've got Tech Night Owl Plus at plus.technightowl.com, P-L-U-S dot technightowl.com. More to come on the other side of the Tech Night Owl Live. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a -a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Paid non-attorney spokesperson Adam Pulaski of the Pulaski Law Firm with principal office in Houston, Texas is the attorney responsible for the content of this ad. This ad is not legal advice and the choice of a lawyer should not be based solely upon advertisement. Services may not be available in all states. Attention Zarelto users. If you or a loved one took Zarelto and suffered a serious bleeding event, you may be entitled to financial compensation. Zarelto is a popular prescription blood thinner used to prevent blood clots and protect patients from strokes. These serious bleeding events have led to numerous cases of hospitalization and even death. Phone lines are open 24-7. Call 800-261-0937. That's 800-261-0937. We use mobile devices right against our bodies every day. But growing scientific evidence has emerged showing serious health risks associated with exposure to EMF radiation emitted from these devices. The solution is Defender Shield, the most effective mobile radiation shielding ever developed. Defender Shield blocks virtually 100% of EMF radiation from cell phones, tablets, and laptops and starts at just $64.99. Buy now at DefenderShield.com. For 10% off, use promo code GCN. DefenderShield.com, the worldwide leader in mobile radiation shielding. 
Welcome back to the Tech Night Owl Live, where you never know what's going to happen next. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. Josh Sanders of Tidbits and Take Control Books, talking about stability of Mac operating systems, of iPhone, iPad operating systems, etc. And I should tell you what we mean by Tech Night Owl Plus. If you're new to the show, it's the subscription version of the show. What that means is we give you better quality audio, ad-free, no commercials. Special package, low subscription price, plus dot, technightowl.com, plus dot, technightowl.com. So what do you think about the reliability of El Capitan, iOS 9. Do you think these reviewers have a point? You know, I still have a lot of problems with iOS 9. You know, I, I think I made the joke the other day, uh, I wonder when iOS 9 is going to leave beta. And, well, my iPhone in particular has a lot of weird issues. It's probably been dropped too many times. The GPS stopped working. Uh, the battery, like, I don't know when the battery is going to die. It could die at 20 or 30%. Um, this iPhone 6 has just had it. So it's hard to tell what's what's hardware quirks and what's iOS 9 itself, right? I kind of have the same issue with El Capitan. For the most part, I really like El Cap. And it, uh, you know, in terms of features and stability and all that, I do have a problem. And it seemed to happen more when I was trying to use Safari as my daily uh, web browser. I'm back to Chrome now, but the whole system would just lock up, and I would have to um, turn it off with the power button. I can't even get to the menus or anything. And then when it boots, I, now I have to unplug all my USB devices because there's something in the USB hub that's keeping the Mac from wanting to boot. I'm not sure what the heck that is. Now, a lot of these issues I could fix pretty easily with with a clean install because I've this is the same install I started on my. It started on my MacBook Pro years ago. I think it first came with Mountain Lion, and that got updated through Yosemite, and then I, I migrated that to my iMac, and it migrated a bunch of the weird issues I have to my iMac. So what I probably need to do is just get all my data, copy all my data off, um, and just nuke the thing, uh, start fresh. I've been saying I'm, I'm going to do this for like three years now, and every time there's I'm like, no, I can't have my Mac down that long because, again, this is my money-making machine. So I can deal with some quirks as, as long as it gets the job done. You know, I, I treat it like a, you know, like like a tool in my toolbox, right? Um, you know, yeah, the handle's a little chip, but you know, it still it still drives the nails. I mean, overall, I think it's okay. I think the problem is more. Uh, for me on the iPhone front, it's the, you know, my iPad works spectacularly. It always has. The iPad doesn't take as much abuse. And it's a pretty – It's the iPad to me is the most reliable computer ever used. Um, Macs tend to be more complex and, and they have um, – you know, just different like logic boards go wonky. Uh, you know, parts on the logic board go wonky. It's always the logic board because everything's tied into the logic board. You know, again, it's always harder problems. It's like you know, you drop your phone and knocks a chip loose in there, and suddenly things work strangely. I will tell you, my next iPhone, which I hope to get in September, uh, my next iPhone, I'm going to get one of those big obnoxious OtterBox cases for it because you have to have one of those if you have a toddler. So. I think software quality, um, it could be better. Um, 
you know, but it's okay. I think more of the problem is, is with hardware. And, and sometimes, especially with a system as finely integrated as what Apple produces, it can often be difficult to figure out if it's the hardware or the software. You know, when I built my own PCs, you know, I usually knew, okay, well, this is a hardware issue. This is something I screwed up on <laughs> or it's some weird part from China or somewhere that doesn't work with things, right? But with Apple stuff, it's it's harder to tell and because they blur that line so much. And so when you have problems, that, that line, again, is still blurred. So what can you do? Yeah, I don't know. You know, my, what I find that helps is, you know, every year on my iOS devices, you know, because I, I, over the summer I put the betas on there and then I, I screw things up putting all these betas on there and, and things always get wonky. And so after I get the iOS book out, I will do a total clean and I'll do just a wipe of my phone. I'll just start fresh to start from scratch, set my email accounts again, set up everything all over again. Thankfully with the cloud, that's pretty easy nowadays. It's, it's not difficult to do that. Um, and, and that keeps things running well, you know, and ideally I would do that with the Mac, you know, um, you know, and I guess as they shift more to cloud stuff, this is going to get easier. But I, I think that's one of the, those persistent problems with operating systems and software in general. It's just over time, they collect cruft and they get weird. Things stop working right, and um, and and the only real solution is to do a clean install. And you know, Windows gets a lot of guff for this because people say you have to reinstall Windows all the time. But it's true with all all operating systems: um, Android, iOS, Linux, uh, Mac, Windows. I've I've had it with all of them. And you know, and uh, you get these weird issues that accumulate over years. And every time, the solution is the same: take your data off, copy your data over reinstall everything from scratch, manually copy your data over. It's been like that ever since I've been using computers. Um, I'm not sure if it's a problem anyone knows how to solve, to be honest. But, you know, my advice for generally for anyone who's having reliability issues with an operating system, try a clean install. You know, cop, you know, back up your data, copy your data. It's a huge pain, I know, but just set everything up from scratch. And I guarantee you almost nine times out of ten, if not more, uh, that will solve your issues. So why are people having such problems? Um, you know, it's so hard to say because there's so many different causes of it. You know, if it's someone like like me who, you know, you've been using the same setup since Mountain Lion, uh, you know, maybe things have just gotten corrupted over time. Maybe things have gotten confused. Um, maybe you have a hardware issue. Um, maybe uh, maybe there's a bu- there is a bug in the operating system. It can be so hard to tell. Um, you know, that's why, um, I'm, I'm a huge fan of using Apple's bug reporting system. I don't know if that's open for everybody, if you have to have a developer account, but, you know, especially whenever I try these betas, um, I, I submit as many bug reports as I can. And, and Apple kind of gets a lot of developers give Apple a hard time for ignoring stuff like this, but I, I've personally found them to be pretty responsive. I reported like three or four bugs with, uh, with El Capitan and all of them got fixed sooner or later. Um, and that's really the best thing you can do. If you know if you're having problems, let let Apple know through the appropriate channels. Don't just complain on you know in comments or on discussion forums or, or wherever. You know, go to Apple directly and and tell them about this. You know, file a bug report. Uh, you know, send an email to support. If all else fails, send an email to Tim Cook because people do read those emails, um, and just let him know. Just let him know what the issue is. Um, 
because that's the only real way they can fix stuff. Uh, I mean, sometimes they can't. Sometimes it's something on your end, right? It's like you have a USB device that doesn't work right, or you dropped your phone and, and it broke a connection in the phone, and, and now something isn't wired correctly. Um, you know, there can be so many causes for things. Um, but overall, I think El Capitan is, is a pretty good operating system. I think most of the issues are, are from people's individual machines. So it's the tendency of people when they have a problem, it's got to be Apple. It's not my particular system with my particular glitches. Right. Well, in a sense, it is Apple's fault, right? Because, you know, if you have some kind of hardware quirk and Apple's providing the hardware, that is their fault. Um, you know, if Apple and Apple provides all the drivers for your hardware. So if a driver isn't working, that is Apple's fault. Um you know, uh, on one hand, you drop your phone, you break something inside the phone. That's that's kind of your fault. But on the other hand, Apple makes these things out of glass. They're slippery and they're fragile. Um, so, I mean, they get a little bit of the blame there, too. So, um, you know, but it, it's so tough to say what causes the problems. But that's my advice for anyone. If you're having a lot of show-stopping bugs and it's just driving you nuts, try the clean install. You know, get the three backups first. Get your three backup methods set up. And then try a clean install. Don't do the migration. Don't use migration assistant. You know, set your files up so they're in a location that's easy to know where everything is. So you can just copy the folders over and just do that. And, um, well, that's on a Mac and iOS. You know, you back up everything through the cloud and so forth. But, um, you know, just, just try a fresh start and, you know, see how that works for you. Because most of the time, that will fix everything. Indeed. Indeed. So... There you go. And we're going to go a lot further with our final segment with Josh Centers of Tidbits and Take Control Books. He's got a new book out, by the way, that he co-authored. We'll learn about that in the next segment. I'm Gene Steinberg on the Tech Night Out Live. The award-winning Graphic Converter 10, the universal genius for photo editing apps on your Mac, Join over one and a half million loyal users for the Swiss Army Knife app. It gives you all the features that you expect. And most important, it's easy to use. You can get it for just $39.95 from www.lemkesoft.com. That's www.lemkesoft.com. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. Dangerous blood clot device alert. If you or a loved one had an IVC filter placed to prevent blood clots from traveling to your heart or lungs and suffered an injury, you may be entitled to substantial financial compensation. The FDA warns that IVC filters may cause serious complications, such as heart or lung damage, internal bleeding, and even death. 
These dangerous blood clot devices can break and the metal fragments can travel to your heart or lungs causing serious injuries. If you or a loved one suffered organ damage or other injuries from an IVC filter, you may be entitled to substantial financial compensation. Act now. Time is limited to file a claim. For a free consultation and free information, call Injury Help Desk at 800-478-1507. This is an advertisement. Paid non-attorney spokesperson. InjuryHelpDesk.com is responsible for this advertisement. Principal Office, Las Vegas, Nevada. You've been hearing Dr. Wallach talking about 90 essential nutrients, keeping the body healthy. GCNteam.com now has Beyond Tangy Tangerine Tablets, 60 plant-derived minerals, 16 vitamins, 12 amino acids, packed in a powerful tablet. But that's not it. 160,000 auric points, a knockout punch to free radicals. Call 877-878-4203 or go to GCNteam.com. That's 877-878-4203. Are you worried about your mom or dad living alone in their house? Hi, I'm Joan London. Listen, I know how difficult it is to find senior care for someone you love. That's why I recommend a free service called A Place for Mom. They are the nation's largest senior living referral service. Call A Place for Mom today. To receive free information on senior living communities in your area, call A Place for Mom at 1-800-704-6182. A Place for Mom offers free one-on-one advice from local advisors and a personalized list of senior living communities you can visit. If you have questions about senior care for your mom or dad, there's a place for answers, a place for mom. Call A Place for Mom in the next 10 minutes to get your free ebook on financing senior care as well as free information on senior living communities in your area. Call 1-800-704-6182. That's 1-800-704-6182. Hunters, anglers, campers, and survivalists. Get back to nature. Expand your horizons with the highest quality, most versatile, unique slingshots and slingbows on the market at slingbow.com. Slingbow products are compact and models start from just $17.98. They're perfect for your bug out bag or storing in your vehicle. Give yourself and your loved ones the excitement and tradition of Slingbow. A new frontier in archery and truly modern twist on this primitive survival tool. Feel the thrill only at slingbow.com. We'd like to hear from you. If you have any thoughts or comments about the Tech Night Owl Live, please get in touch at news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. Looking for past episodes? We've got hundreds at technightowl.com slash radio. That's technightowl.com slash radio. Or subscribe on iTunes. Josh Centers of Tidbits and Take Control Books. Tell me, tell me then, sir, what's this new right. book out? You got a new book called Take Control of Preview. Preview, yes. And um, of course, Preview is the built in uh, file viewer uh, for PDFs and images in OS X. Um, but it does so much more than, than just view, view stuff. Um, and it's been one of my favorite Mac apps for years. Um, you know, I mean, dating all the way back to, well, basically when I started first using OS X back in the day, I think with like 10.1. 
and uh, it's been a project I've I've been uh, pushing for for a while to take control. And we, uh, Adam Inks and I did a did a series on preview. We've we've kind of went back to basics on some Mac stuff uh, due to reader requests, and we we did a series just looking at all the stuff preview can do, and. Um, and there was so much positive response to it. And people were saying, could you guys please put this into a book? And and so now we have. And it's available at TakeControlBooks.com. Um, we've totally revised the text, um, added a whole lot of stuff to it. Uh, there's, there's stuff we learned even while writing the book. Um, to just give you an idea of what the stuff Preview can do. Preview is my main image editor. Not Pixelmator, not Photoshop, not Graphic Converter. All great apps, by the way. But I like Preview because it's it's right there in the, in the system. It's the default, and it's fast. It's so fast. You know, for instance, you know, I do this with screenshots all the time. I, you know, I have to, you know, crop a screenshot. You know, there's too much stuff in the, in the picture, or the file size is too big. You know, I can... Uh, select a, a screenshot on my Mac. I hit Commando to open it as the default viewer. And then it takes me just seconds to crop or to resize the photo using previews controls. And then the beauty, because um, it uses this modern document model, it's been around since Lion, I don't even have to do anything special to save it. I do all this stuff. It saves me the step of hitting Command S or wh- whatever. I just do all this stuff. I close it. Bam, it's done. It's finished. Um so many things it can do. It can add shapes to your images and PDFs. If you're reading a PDF, you can highlight text. You can add bookmarks. You can add notes and annotations to things. It has um, actually better image editing controls than Photos does, believe it or not. You know, you can open up a photo in Preview, and it has all these color adjustments, things you could do. Like you can add sepia tone to your photo. You can you can increase decrease the sharpness. You can um, mess with the color graph. Just all this stuff you can do. And I, we have examples of the book of uh, of what you can do with these photo controls. It's such a tremendous app. It's it's one preview is one of the the classic Apple apps. You know when you think about elegance and and power and all the things that you positively associate with Apple, preview hits all those notes. And if anything, um, as Adam Inks said, you know if anything, it's a little too elegant because you may not know it does all this stuff. And we've been hearing ever since we released the book, we've been hearing from tidbits readers who said, you know, I've used preview for years. I didn't realize it could do all this. Uh, oh, another thing you can do, you can you can add signatures in preview. Like you can write your signature on a piece of paper or you can write it on the trackpad. You can scan it into a camera. Preview can save that signature. Let's say you're using preview to fill out a tax return and you have to sign your name on it. Well, you can just hit a button and it inserts your signature there. Okay. I try to fill out documents occasionally with preview. Mm-hmm. And maybe the documents are not made right. But it is so glitchy. I mean, one field, I'm getting one size text, another field is red text and a smaller size. It's a mess in terms of formatting and everything. Sometimes it's fine. I start writing for, say, a new company, and they want the W-4 with the Social Security number because they're going to send you a tax statement at the end of the year. Mm -hmm. It's different every time. And that's the thing that's always bothered me about preview. But I agree with you. Most people think, well, I'm just going to review PDF documents with that because that's Mm -hmm. where it started. And that's why I, I wonder how many people other than professional graphic designers even consider the Adobe Reader or any of their professional Acrobat apps. Right. And, you know, there are some times when Acrobat Reader is better. Preview doesn't always follow the PDF standards perfectly, but 
Um, and, and we do mention some places in the book where we think Acrobat is, is a better choice. Um, but I generally don't advise people to get Acrobat Reader because Adobe always does weird stuff with it. Like, um, there have been some versions. I don't know so much about the Mac. I know for Windows where it acts almost like malware or it, it screws up your PDFs. You know, Adobe seems to have a hard time with Reader as far as forms and things, um, that could be any number of reasons. You know, it, it, the form could not be set right. Preview may just not ag- agree with it. But I use it all the time for, um, like, W9s. You know, I, I do a lot of freelance, and so people always want W9 for that. So they can set me up with the tax man and all that. They just send me, like, just a form they scanned. I can use Preview's text tools, fill all the information. I can uh, use the sign, the signature tool, and just insert my signature there, save it. Um, here's a tip, too, we talk about in the book. You can actually, and this is true for almost every app in OS X, because OS X's graphics layer is so similar to PDF, you can actually print, quote, print almost anything to a PDF. This is something we heard about a lot from readers during the series. They say, I open something in preview, I type stuff into it, I add all the stuff to it, I save it, I, I send it to a friend, they open up an Adobe or something else, and they don't see my stuff. The PDF standards aren't perfect. What you can do, you can print, quote, again, you can print to a PDF, and that, that creates a version where everything is kind of locked into place. Like, it's it's virtually printed onto a virtual page. And so it's no longer like, oh, this is a text element. It's just part of the PDF. And so and that's a tip we go over in the book. Um, you know, and, and and there are a lot of cases, like I said, preview isn't the perfect tool. Um, you know, if you're a prof- graphics professional, there, there we outline a few reasons why you may not want to use preview. But I think for the average Mac user, it can save you so much time and it can it's such a powerful tool. It can save you money, too, because there's so many things like like cropping images and adjusting color. And a lot of people think you need an expensive tool like Photoshop or, you know, or P- Pixelmator is not an expensive tool. It's like 15 to 30 bucks. It's amazing. Amazing. But you may not need that much power. You know, I don't usually need that much power, and I, I do this stuff professionally. Um, you know, so Preview is a time and money saving tool. It's right there built in your Mac, and it's one of the best reasons to own a Mac. So if you do have a Mac, um, you know, I, I realize I'm biased here, but I would highly recommend buying this Preview book because you'll get so much more use out of it, and you'll just see how amazing uh, what, just this one built in app is. Preview. It's an app that we just don't pay attention to. It's hardly mm-hmm. noticed. One of those things like, well, Apple Mail, we have got that. We don't pay attention unless we're power users and want to use Outlook or something or Thunderbird. But with Preview, it's there. And anytime we're looking at a PDF document, it's enforced. But then it's got these image editing capabilities that we didn't think about because I think 99% of the people out there don't need Photoshop. All the Photoshop no. things. Maybe Pixelmator helps some of them, but a lot of people can do all this basic stuff in preview or Apple's photos. Yeah. Think about that. Josh Centers, please tell our listeners where they can find more of your stuff. My articles are on tidbits.com. You can buy my books at takecontrolbooks.com, and you can follow my rants and raves on Twitter uh, at uh, J Centers. Josh Centers, thanks for joining us on the Tech Night Out Live. Thanks for having me, Gene. You are listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. 
There is an affordable alternative to the high cost of health care that offers freedom from insurance while providing compliance with the Obamacare individual mandate. Imagine having access to quality, affordable health care that allows you the freedom to choose your doctor and hospital. Members can share up to 100% of necessary medical expenses, including some alternative treatments. Find out how you and your family can contain health care costs without giving up your freedom. Go to libertyoncall.org. That's libertyoncall.org. Paid non-attorney spokesperson Adam Pulaski of the Pulaski Law Firm with principal office in Houston, Texas is the attorney responsible for the content of this ad. This ad is not legal advice and the choice of a lawyer should not be based solely upon advertisement. Services may not be available in all states. Attention Zarelto users. If you or a loved one took Zarelto and suffered a serious bleeding event, you may be entitled to financial compensation. Zarelto is a popular prescription blood thinner used to prevent blood clots and protect patients from strokes. These serious bleeding events have led to numerous cases of hospitalization and even death. Phone lines are open 24-7. Call 800-261-0937. That's 800-261-0937. My name is Jay. I'm 26 years of age, and I just want to thank the makers of the One World Whey Protein Powder. After having chronic abdominal pain and pressure for months, I was diagnosed with ulcerative colitis. The medical doctor told me there was nothing I could do to treat it other than taking pain and nausea medication. Then I came across an ad for One World Whey on the radio and read the claims that it can help with all types of inflammation. I took the One World Whey Protein Powder every day for a month, and the chronic pain and pressure sensations went away completely, and I never took the pain or nausea. To this day, my intestines are free of pain. Nature is kind. When we consume foods we're designed to eat, then she gives back health when it was once lost. One World Way consistently supports the body's production of glutathione and overall repair. Glutathione stops inflammation, removes heavy metals, and toxins of all kind. When inflammation is gone, the body can complete its healing process. Call 888-988-3325 or visit OneWorldWay.com. That's OneWorld, W-H-E-Y.com. Paid non-attorney spokesperson. Injury help desk is responsible for this advertisement. Principal office, Las Vegas, Nevada. This ad is not legal advice, and the choice of a lawyer should not be based solely upon advertisement. Services may not be available in all states. Attention prescription antibiotic drug users. Have you or a loved one suffered an aortic dissection, aortic aneurysm, or abdominal aortic aneurysm after taking the prescription antibiotic drugs Levaquin or Avalox? These popular antibiotic drugs have been prescribed more than 80 million times since 2004, and medical studies show an increased risk of the following injuries. Aortic dissection, aortic aneurysm, and abdominal aortic aneurysm. If you or a loved one used the prescription antibiotic drugs Levaquin or Avalox and suffered from aortic dissection, aortic aneurysm, or abdominal aortic aneurysm, you may be entitled to substantial financial compensation. Act now. Time is limited to file a claim. You may be entitled to substantial financial compensation. For a free consultation and free information, call Injury Help Desk at 800-823-3851. 800-823-3851. 800-823-3851. As a doctor, I see patients every day who are losing their vision and independence to age-related macular degeneration, also known as AMD. It's the leading cause of blindness in adults 55 and older. Some of us are at greater risk for AMD. If you have blurry vision or blind spots, they can be symptoms of AMD. If left untreated, it can lead to blindness. The good news? With early detection, AMD can be managed with effective clinically approved treatments that can reduce or even reverse some vision loss. Learning that you have AMD can be scary, but there's hope and help. The Foundation Fighting Blindness is researching and developing treatments and cures for AMD. To get your free AMD information packet, contact the Foundation Fighting Blindness today at 1-800-BLINDNESS. That's 1-800-BLINDNESS. Join the fight against AMD, because together there is a cure in sight.
know what's going to happen next? Well, here's the Tech Night Owl, live with Gene Steinberg. So it's a sign how old we are getting. Brian Chaffin and I, he's from the Mac Observer, of course, when we start talking about our breakfast cereals and the word bran is used. At least I also mix it with granola and Cheerios. I, I tell you, Cracklin' Oats, uh, Cracklin' Oats, I forget the full name of it now, um, is, is the one cereal that I can eat a bowl of and then I'm good to go. Unlike the kids' cereals, which are, you know, like you want like 72 of them. I had Cheerios mixed with that. And Cheerios is a pretty, pretty benign cereal, as cereals go. Of course, I don't know. It's been out for like 300 years or something. They've probably added all artificial ingredients that we know nothing about. But it strikes you as being the lighter cereal. It's like you never use it up. You know, it's very big and puffy, and you keep pouring it. And the next day, it's the same amount in the box. Maybe there's a, some kind of weird extraterrestrial plot about Cheerios. Did I slip into your new overnight cereal show? Wait till you hear the cliffhanger. <laughs> All right, so we're in the surreal department. And to be surreal, I have to look at this link you sent me on Skype. And by the way, yeah. Skype is going to be throwing out compatibility for older versions of iOS and OS ten, Mac OS soon. You've heard that? Yes. Okay. You know, Skype doesn't like us. Okay, so you sent me a link to a story, and the headline is, Police Asked 3D Printing Lab to Recreate a Dead Man's Fingers to Unlock His Phone. Now, this is not something from the Person of Interest TV show that's recently left the air. This yeah. is real, isn't it? Yeah, this is, this is real. It will no doubt be ripped from the headlines at some point by uh, a TV show sometime soon. The so this 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 whole case is just so interesting to me. The phone belongs to a murder victim, not a suspect, right? So you've got no self-incrimination issues. Uh, you've got no really Fourth Amendment um, issues either, and that so 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 that's one thing. The person in question is in fact dead. He's a murder victim. Or so, as they say in a certain movie opening this week, he's dead, Jim. Yes. What they have is a locked phone. What they don't have is the password. What they do have is his fingers or his fingerprints at the very least that they presumably got from his body. And there is a, a professor. Let me actually get his name here. Professor uh, Anil Jain. He is at Michigan State University. His uh, expertise, his field of study is security. And he actually normally tries to make devices and things more secure. Right? He's not, he's not in the business of actually breaking into things. But the FBI approached him with this, and, and he thought it was a fantastic project. And so he and the students took it on. So what they're doing is they're, they, they have made 3D prints of the uh, – all 10 of the – well, all eight plus his two thumbs of uh, the uh, deceased man's, the murder victim's fingers. And they're going to coat them 
with a metallic substrate of some sort that will activate, they believe will activate the galvanic uh, sensors in uh, the, the device's fingerprint sensors, sensor. Now, we, we don't actually know if this is an iPhone, but I assume it's an iPhone. Well, I assume that too, because how many smartphones have fingerprint sensors? I think a few models of Samsung maybe, but they never worked. So even if you had the real live fingers, there would be no guarantee you'd be able to get in. There definitely are some Android devices out there that do it. Uh, they all do it a little bit differently than, uh, well, they all do it substantially differently uh, uh, from the way Apple is doing it. But here is where it gets even more interesting. They have been working on this, and according to this article, and this reporting was uh, done by Fusion.net, um, for what that's worth, and they're going to, they're still testing these things, and when they're confident that they work, they're going to send them send them back to the FBI in a few weeks. Well, it turns out an iPhone, if it's running any kind of recent, uh, the last several versions of iOS, as a matter of fact, probably any iPhone that's capable of, of having Touch ID, if you don't enter the password within 48 hours or if you don't unlock it within 48 hours, your fingerprint no longer works. You have to enter the passcode. And the same is true if you restart it. If you restart your iPhone, you have to enter the passcode you can't but, use the fingerprint sensor don't they know this well um it, which actually kind of begs the question of whether or not it's actually an android device um i i don't know enough about fingerprint unlocking on the android side to venture any kind of opinion there but you ha- the, the the flip side of of this of this reality that it's not going to work is you have to start somewhere right you have to start doing something like this somewhere and this is a whole new avenue for getting into locked devices, something that is incredibly important from the standpoint of law enforcement and even our intelligence services. But also the criminal element. They buy themselves a 3D printer. They kill somebody if he refuses to allow you to use his fingerprints to unlock his iPhone at gunpoint. They kill him or he's already dead. Oh, you didn't get the stuff off his phone. Okay, let's make a 3D print. The other thing is here... Even if you get the print, doesn't it have to be a living skin for well, this to what, work? That's why they're, they're uh, coating it with a, a metallic substrate. They believe that will activate the galvanic sensors. Okay. So I don't know whether this works or not, but obviously we know the time frame that's involved. And that's why I guess Apple did it that way, because they realize, well, if somebody needs a fingerprint and the person's, you know, not alive... And they'll do some kind of trickery. 48 hours is all the time they have. And that does make a good TV show because the 48 hours is compressed into 43 minutes and 50 seconds. And during that time, the people on this particular TV show have to find a way to get this fingerprint to work. I I don't think... uh... Yeah, that, that, that would make for compelling television. But I don't think uh, Apple did this f- for the case of a, of, a, of a dead person. The 48 hours is uh, really is for all of our protections. It's just to make sure that um, our devices are secure at any given time. But, you know, it, it, the, the case of a criminal killing you and then printing your fingers, you know, if the criminal has you and is going to kill you, you can just actually, once you're dead, or even once you're still alive, uh, he could actually just use your fingers to uh, to open it, uh, the device. But imagine a scenario 
where I mean, because because once the U.S. can do this, once U.S. law enforcement can do this sort of thing, it is only a matter of time and probably not much time before foreign governments can do the same thing and even uh, sophisticated uh, criminal organizations could do the same thing. And there are databases of fingerprints all over the place. What can I tell you? This is going to be an interesting story to follow through and see where it takes us because I'm fascinated. You see, the one thing that's interesting here is that whenever we have a problem with an encrypted phone, it's an iPhone. We never hear about problems with encrypted Android phones, which tells me that there's never going to be a problem with an encrypted Android phone. They'll always find a way to get in there. Probably. Maybe Google will give them the secret back door. You know, they buy some targeted ads and Google will give them the secret back door. That's all it takes. I mean, we're all I, I for kinda, sale here, you know? I kind of doubt that. As, as much as Google's business model is predicated on violating our privacy, they do um, seemingly, seem absolutely seemingly. Uh, you say seemingly. You're qualifying this now. I am. But they do seemingly protect um, the data that they have snooped from us from uh, third-party printing eyes for whatever that's worth. And, unless, of course, they, they, they sell that information or sell access to that information. Well, as I said, we're all for sale. You know how that works. We've got Brian Chaffin, who is not for sale, I don't think. I haven't asked him. I don't have the money anyway. I'm Gene Steinberger in the Tech Night Out Live. <laughs> for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a -a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors. Classic science fiction at its best. Available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Are you worried about how dangerous the world has become? In these days of terrorist attacks, natural disasters, or even a future collapse, you need to be medically prepared to keep your family safe. I'm Joe Alton, MD of store.doomandbloom.net, where you'll find an entire line of uniquely designed medical kits and supplies for when help is not on the way. For everything from individual first aid kits to the ultimate family medical bag, go to store.doomandbloom.net today. That's store.doomandbloom.net. You'll be glad you did. Looking for that edge during those intimate moments? We see many ads for enhancement, but the side effects include death. At GCN Team, we should change the Healthy Body Brain and Heart Pack to the Healthy Libido Pack. The brain and heart are not the only organs that require a healthy vascular system. For proper blood flow at the right moment, go to GCNTeam.com or call 877-878-4203. That's 877-878-4203. That's 877-878-4203. 
Attention backpackers on a budget. Why spend $80 to $300 to pump clean survival water? Introducing the Viba Water Pump Kit from Viba Outdoor Products. Super easy to use and super lightweight at only 6.5 ounces, the Viba Water Pump Kit provides high flow rate at 1 ounce per stroke, can be one hand pumped, and is dependable and affordable at only $24.99. Filter not included. Get your Viba Water Pump Kit at viba-odp.com from Viba Outdoor Products. Today, how to incorporate your business in just 10 minutes so you won't lose everything if you get sued. Step 1. Stop putting it off. If you're not incorporated and someone sues your business tomorrow, it's not just your business at risk. You can lose everything. Your home, your car, even your life savings. Step 2. Call the following number for a free 10-minute incorporation guide from Incorporate.com. 1-800-941-5257. They don't provide legal or financial advice. They just make incorporating quick and easy. So you can incorporate or form an LLC in just 10 minutes. That number again is 1-800-941-5257. Step 3. Congratulate yourself. By taking just 10 minutes to incorporate your business or form an LLC, you protected your home, your car, and your life savings. And that is how you incorporate your business in just 10 minutes. But hurry while they're still giving away these 10-minute incorporation guides for free. Call 1-800-941-5257. That's 1-800-941-5257. So you've got to take a state construction license exam or certification. Can't decide on what books or what chapters to study? Discover right now how you can eliminate unnecessary books and wasted study time. At ContractorExam.com, our study materials zero in on state-required test topics in an effective, multiple-choice format. So whether you're a plumber, electrician, general contractor, or other construction-related trade, ContractorExam.com will help get you prepared. Visit us at www www.contractorexam.com today. What are you listening to? The Tech Night Isle Live with Gene Steinberg. What's going to happen next? You never know. So we go to 3D printing and your fingerprints. Briefly on 3D printing, we once interviewed a company making a lower-cost 3D printer. Never saw the product. I have no idea if it ever came out. Have we reached a point, though, where fundamentally we could use 3D printers to create spare parts for our gear? No. I mean, well, it depends on the part. I mean, like, you know, are we getting close to the point where we could print cases for our devices maybe i'm thinking ultimately 10 years from now you want a new iphone we send you the plans are scanned and sent to your 3d printer your replicator and it prints a new iphone of course you're paying for it we're hundreds of years or decades at least from from that sort of thing i mean like you know the things that can be printed now are shapes you know, I don't think we're going to be 3D printing uh, our own electronic components anytime soon. We're certainly not going to be 3D printing Gorilla Glass or aluminum. I mean, you know, it, and, and the the plastics are getting more and more interesting. I, I, I know some people involved in the 3D printing world here in Silicon Valley. The, the plastics are getting more and more interesting, and the things that they can do with this stuff is getting more and more interesting. But we're we're far from making our own iPhones. Very, very, very far. As a matter of fact, we will have moved on 
to the next paradigm and maybe even the paradigm after that before we would even be close to that sort of thing. Again, I think of this with the movie Star Trek Beyond opening. All right, we're not going to talk about that. Let's talk about a few other things with Brian Chaffin, one of which is a piece that you did on at Mac Observer about the ever-shifting legend of Avalcar. <laughs> All right, now, let's put things in perspective here. The latest controversy about cars other than Volkswagen and its diesels and all that stuff, is Elon Musk and the controversial autopilot feature of the Tesla car. Okay. By the way, did you ever hear this? I saw an article the other day reviewing a new compact Jaguar, pointing out that Tesla takes a few ideas from Jaguar. Hmm. And it's designed. All right, so you haven't heard much about that. Let's just go into the Apple car. So... Is this one of those things where we have a shifting rumor because there's no confirmation? It's like we heard shifting rumors about a TV set from Apple as opposed to an Apple TV set-top box. Kept shifting, kept going later, and then it disappeared. It's not that kind of rumor, is it? You know, I don't think so. Uh, The story came from uh, an interview that the information, uh, um, a a very good magazine uh, in my opinion, but a story that uh, they did on three brothers uh, who had been working with uh, uh, on on the Apple Car team, and there was just a, a throwaway line in the story about how um, the brothers were told that the target date for shipping the Apple Car had slipped from 2020 to 2021. That's not the same kind of story as you know a leak from Apple supply chain. You know, which which is where where most of that that's actually where almost all of Apple's television set rumors came from is from the supply chain where Apple would order things, test things, get prototypes uh, uh, made up, and and you know those stories from the suppliers would end up leaking out to Wall Street analysts who did their best to you know infiltrate those uh, those those suppliers to, uh, you know, develop sources at the suppliers or, you know, even people who would just tell websites that that sort of thing. And this is definitely a different kind of leak. I, I actually assume that it's that, that it's accurate. How's that? Well, again, the question would be very much if Apple gets this car out, how quickly would go autopilot, auto driving, self-driving, whatever? Sounds to me that that needs a lot more work. Well, all of these the autopilot, self-driving, autonomous vehicle stuff needs a lot more work. So, as you mentioned at the top of this segment, you we've had um, at least one death coming from uh, a Tesla uh, vehicle that was in autopilot mode. Uh, we've had, uh, I, I think, at least one, maybe two more accidents where someone did not die, thankfully. Um, from cars that may or may not have been self-driving mode, the ongoing investigations and whatnot, and then we've got um, we've got uh, Germany considering legislation that would require any car with any kind of self-driving capability to have a black box that recorded when self-driving mode was activated, when it was not activated, when the car recommended that a human take over, and then when that human actually did take over, that sort of thing. And then, um, and then you've got this story about about Apple's ship date slipping, but 
our understanding heretofore has been that Apple intended to ship a you know a, a driving car, maybe with some self-driving features in it, but a car that humans would drive like in, like any other car today. I'm still thinking about the Johnny Cab. But, or, unfortunately, if Hal decides to drive your car and you well, say, okay, please take me to the Walmart store, I do shopping. And he says, I'm sorry, Gene, but I cannot do that. that you know, that's the and thing. He takes me. he takes me instead to Fry's supermarket. What, why would he do that again? Because I'm he's just, a crazy I'm computer. Follow- I mean, you know, he's I'm a, following you down the rabbit hole here. Right. He's a maniacal computer who decides that he wants to take you somewhere else. Or I want to go to an Indian restaurant. And he says, I say, take me to Guru Palace, which is a very good Indian restaurant in Gilbert, Arizona. And the computer in the car says, you know what? You need Middle East food. We'll take you to a tasty kebab restaurant in Tempe, Arizona instead. You see? Yeah, it's really, really deep and dark down in this rabbit hole. But we are that there is a difference between a car that can determine a route and react to things around it in its pursuit of going to a destination that you have chosen. There's a world of difference between that and a car who's deciding where you want to go. I mean, they're 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 there are orders of magnitude. I mean, enormous orders of magnitude differences in what well, we understand in, in that obviously you're going by the programmed route and i suspect at the beginning they're going to really carefully control the level of automation because of what happened with tesla and was well, it I mean, google cars have had problems too you, you make it sound like uh, you would actually i mean <laughs> I'm going to be too old to drive in a few years, so I better consider this very seriously. Well, sh- sure, but you don't you don't keep a car from thinking for itself. You you know uh, the ability for any machine to think for itself has yet to be invented. So it's not something you limit a car from a self driving car from doing. It would have to be something that would only be something that would be specifically added to I mean, that. That that's not the issue. That's so far from that's so far from the issue that I mean it's. It's deep and dark in this rabbit hole. Down the rabbit hole on the Tech Night Out Live. But what if the computer goes crazy? You see, that's the whole thing. Dealing with an irrational artificial intelligence that happens to be controlling your car and will not relinquish control to you. Well, the thing about this, you see, the real joke here, the real joke, Brian, is we have to look at what level can you divorce liability in case of a problem, from the owner of the vehicle to the manufacturer, because I assume they're going to have some kind of terms and conditions. So if we're going to go down rabbit holes, let's go down through a big one. Once upon a time, not in a galaxy far, far away or something like that, once upon a time, I had money. And because I had money, I decided to lease a luxury car. So I got myself one of the first Infinity Q45s. All right. This is a time, as I said, I had the money. It's so far away from now that I can't even think about it as a reality. But we all have those realities. And I enjoy different types of cars and wanted to try all sorts of different brands. If I'm boring you about my car history and about my car selection, I'm sorry. I am a car buff, but I will never do a radio show about cars except 
indirectly about technology because I'm not that kind of person. In any case, I remember the first car I had with an LCD display. This is when I had money. It was an Infiniti. And every time that car started, every time I start the engine and the screen comes on, there is a disclaimer presented before you can even see anything, even if it's just a radio station. You had to have a disclaimer. You didn't have to okay it, but you had to see it. Well, okay this, and then we'll get back to the rabbit hole with Gene and Brian on the Tech Night Out Live. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. As you know, neighbors, web hosting can be pretty cheap, but not all hosting is the same. DreamHost wins best of awards year after year. You get unlimited disk space, unlimited bandwidth, and even the low-cost plans put your sites on high-performance SSDs. Want to know more about what DreamHost has to offer? Go to technightowl.com slash host. Once again, that's technightowl.com slash host. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. This is David Cordani, CEO of Cigna. For more than 20 years, Cigna has worked with the March of Dimes to address premature births in the U.S. Premature births cause horrible suffering and cost billions of dollars each year. That's why Cigna is committed to raising funds and awareness through our employees, family, and friends to improve the health of moms and babies. Please join us in supporting the March for Babies. Start your team today at marchforbabies.org. This is an alert. If your business or church is building this year, you're about to pay more than you should. This could mean thousands of dollars more for your office, retail space, church, or warehouse. A general steel building can save you as much as half the cost and time of similar conventional construction. And we're offering rebates of up to $20,000 to help you build today. Call General Steel for free information that could save you thousands. Call 866-91-STEEL. 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 Welcome back to the Tech Night Owl Live, where you never know what's going to happen next. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. On the Tech Night Owl Live, we're now dealing with the ramifications, serious or not, of a self-driving or autonomous vehicle. Sir. Well, so t- to emphasize, there is a world of difference between an autonomous vehicle and a vehicle with an artificial intelligence, because artificial intelligences don't exist yet. And when they do exist, they're not going to be in a car. That, that's not the issue. Uh, figuring, understanding how to, to handle traffic is not the same thing as teaching a machine to think or have independent willpower. I mean, it really, it's not even, it's not even an issue. 
But do you agree with me, though, that if Apple does produce an Apple car, it's not going to be autonomous right away? Well, so probably. <laughs> the rumor is that Apple will first come out with a regular car. Okay, I mean, an electric vehicle that, that humans drive. It may or may not have self-driving capabilities. I would assume that it would have some kind of self-driving capabilities. But yes, Apple is likely to enter the car market with a car that we drive. And, and in part because, you know, we all get really excited. Some of us get really excited about self-driving cars. You know, the, the idea of being able to read or work in your car, the idea of, of, of you know, with, with, with autonomous vehicles and ride sharing, the idea of, of always being able to get a ride and not having to own a car, that's very exciting to some people. But we are far from having solved self-driving cars. Self-driving cars work really well on the highway. Tesla has... Um, as of like a month ago, like a 130 million miles. And there was one fatality in those 130 million miles. We don't yet know what exactly happened. And that's, um, I think that's uh, twice as good as, uh, I think it's one fatality in 65 million miles for regular cars. Don't hold me to that. I'm kind of pulling that number out of thin air. So, well, you know, we understand certain politicians pull it from dark air, but we don't want to get into that. Uh, yes, that is true. All right. Now, the point being here is that they're going to have to be careful because in the United States, it's not an entire country deciding this. Each state insurance department, it's all about state rights, will decide whether to accept these cars in autonomous mode and to what degree and where the liability lies. And it's a very complicated issue. Even if the technology is perfect, even if that's what Apple's first car is, with autonomous capability, even if limited, the legal hurdles are going to be massive. Well, yeah, and the technological hurdles are still massive. For instance, right now, some cars can drive on a highway some of the time, but there is no self-driving going on in the city yet. There was actually a bus. Mercedes tested out a bus uh, a few weeks ago. Um, uh, where the bus was driving itself, but the dr- bus was driving itself on a predetermined route that was specially set up for the demonstration. So, you know, it doesn't really count. Uh, city driving is many orders of magnitude more difficult than, than highway driving. There's so many more factors, and we are far from solving that. It, it, here's how I think this is going to go. Within five years we will see more and more cars with some kind of self-driving capability, but it won't be anywhere close to a majority of cars. And I I think that the first place we're going to see a majority of self-driving vehicles is going to be with trucks, delivery trucks, right? Uh, You know, 18 wheelers as we call them today. And that even there, it's only going to be from so far outside the city to so far outside the destination city. And And that's actually valuable because I think the biggest problem with these 18-wheelers is the driver. Even if you've got a team, that can be a pretty serious problem. And it's real difficult. And that's the big thing. If I wanted to make a lot of money and drive a truck, other than the drudgery, I would think, my God, what if I get too tired? Do I have to dope up? What do I do? Right. And also drivers do eventually have to sleep no matter 
how much they're abusing themselves or are or, or looking to external help for staying awake. So when you have robots doing the driving, when you have autonomous vehicles doing the driving, uh, they can go you know, 24-7 minus uh, refueling, and uh, you theoretically have um, fewer problems with the driver because the driver is, is the car. But so I, I expect that, that, that sooner rather than later, we're going to see the majority of long-haul trucking replaced by autonomous vehicles. Um, I, I believe that the Teamsters, the Teamster Union, will do its best to lobby to have a requirement that there be a human driver in the vehicle. And there are plenty of good reasons to argue why that would be a good thing to do, at least in the short term. But whether or not there's a human in the vehicle, we're going to see we're going to see this long distance trucking done by autonomous vehicles, but it's still going to be humans taking them out of the city and then taking them back into the city. And you know, in 10 years, in 10 years we may start seeing a majority of cars have self-driving capabilities, but that the majority of driving within a city would still be done by humans. I don't think we're looking at at truly autonomous vehicles for somewhere in the ten to twenty range, ten to twenty year year range. That that's my gut feeling at this point. Down the rabbit hole, unless they get reverse engineered ET technology, but not the technology on the spaceship that crashed at Roswell, New Mexico. Because that's the problem. They had a fault in their auto-driving, autopilot system, and that's what caused it. I'm kidding. It was taken by the lowest bidder. The Klingons, no, the Ferengi, you know, the Ferengi of those wheeler dealers in the Star Trek universe, they were responsible for the project to build that spaceship. And they cut a few corners for extra profits. No, that's the military-industrial complex, excuse me. No doubt, Gene. All right, let's move to other topics. On your radio show, Apple Context Machine, you had a discussion about BlackBerry. Does Mm -hmm. BlackBerry say anything anymore? Why aren't they out of business? Well, BlackBerry stays in business in part because there are some things that BlackBerry does really, really well, including some enterprise services uh, and including email handling and email delivery and management to mobile devices. These Obviously, that, Hillary Clinton didn't use it. Um, I think she did have a BlackBerry at some point. No, but the email was provided from her own server. She wasn't accessing the BlackBerry system. Uh, likely true, although one could actually license the BlackBerry system. That's actually how they make a lot of their money. But that's, again, this other rabbit hole is also deep and dark. But the thing also is nobody's ever asked that. It's never been publicized. What operating system did this server use? What kind of email system? They just say, well, it was an unsecured server. Why is it unsecured? Well, it's a private server. And you think the State Department's email server was any better? Well, another rabbit hole, a deeper rabbit hole. All right, let's talk about BlackBerry. So BlackBerry has their messaging service. That's the big thing they've got. Yeah. No one buys their phones anymore, but the messaging service goes on. So well, is that yeah, the people, way that... Some people do buy their phones. There, there are corporate services that, that use the, their devices. Uh, they, they do security well most of the time. Uh, there are governments that use BlackBerry devices. BlackBerry does still sell devices, and it has services. And that's what keeps them in business. Okay, so the current BlackBerry CEO, a guy named John Chen, 
And I think that's the name of an actor, too, but we're not going to assume a relationship here. But John Chen made some wacky comments about Apple. Of course, he can get in line. But before we find out what that is about with the CEO from BlackBerry, we've got Brian Chaffin of the Mac Observer. And I should tell you, listeners, we also have Tech Night Owl Plus. What's that all about? Well, I'm not going to sing what's it all about, you know, to do this, because if I sing, you'll all turn off your radio. But Tech Night Owl Plus gives you the commercial-free version of this show, better quality audio, all that good stuff for a low monthly, annual, five-year or lifetime subscription rate. If you're curious, and we hope you are, it's a great way to support the show. Check out plus.technightowl.com. That's plus.technightowl.com. Brian Chaffin is here for more abuse. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Owl Live. As you know, neighbors, web hosting can be pretty cheap, but not all hosting is the same. DreamHost wins best of awards year after year. You get unlimited disk space, unlimited bandwidth, and even the low-cost plans put your sites on high-performance SSDs. Want to know more about what DreamHost has to offer? Go to technightowl.com slash host. Once again, that's technightowl.com slash host. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at rockoids.com. That's rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. If you're considering going back to school, ask yourself the following questions. Do you need the flexibility to take classes on your schedule? Do you have college credits you need transferred? Do you want to earn a quality degree from a world-renowned university? If you answered yes to any of these questions, Arizona State University is the perfect school for you. Arizona State University offers over 100 highly ranked degree programs 100% online. You'll earn the same degree as you would on campus, from wherever you are, on your schedule. Plus, ASU Online accepts most transfer credits. For information, call 1-800-933-1430. Learn for yourself why the Wall Street Journal ranks ASU fifth in the nation for producing the best qualified graduates and why 90% of ASU grads are recruited within 90 days of graduation. Learn to grow, learn to succeed, and learn to thrive at Arizona State University. To learn more about ASU Online degrees, call 1-800-933-1430. That's 1-800-933-1430. Worried about lead, fluoride, and other contaminants in your drinking water? Get a ProPure with the Pro1G 2.0 cleanable reusable filter and remove up to 200 contaminants. Drink water the way nature meant it to be. Clean, crisp, and refreshing. See the complete line of ProPure products, including the new ProMax shower filter. There's a ProPure for you. Visit your authorized ProPure dealer for details or ProPureUSA.com. That's P-R-O-P-U-R-U-S-A.com.
Dangerous blood clot device alert. If you or a loved one had an IVC filter placed to prevent blood clots from traveling to your heart or lungs and suffered an injury, you may be entitled to substantial financial compensation. The FDA warns that IVC filters may cause serious complications, such as heart or lung damage, internal bleeding, and even death. These dangerous blood clot devices can break and the metal fragments can travel to your heart or lungs causing serious injuries. If you or a loved one suffered organ damage or other injuries from an IVC filter, you may be entitled to substantial financial compensation. Act now. Time is limited to file a claim. For a free consultation and free information, call Injury Help Desk at 800-478-1507. This is an advertisement. Paid non-attorney spokesperson. InjuryHelpDesk.com is responsible for this advertisement. Principal Office, Las Vegas, Nevada. Would you like to receive $250 to $1,000 cash per day? Go to richmoneyrich.com. No website, no selling, no explaining. Just take these simple two steps and go to richmoneyrich.com. You can be generating cash in the next 24 hours simply using this system. Good news is it runs on 100% autopilot and you don't need any experience to get started. It's easy. Get your share of riches and go to richmoneyrich.com. That's richmoneyrich.com. Go now. Brought to you by the conservative investor. Current returns not indicative of future results. We'd like to hear from you. If you have any thoughts or comments about the Tech Night Owl Live, please get in touch at news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. Looking for past episodes? We've got hundreds at technightowl.com slash radio. That's technightowl.com slash radio. Or subscribe on iTunes. So we've been driving Brian Chaffin of the Mac Observer completely wonky, sending him through rabbit holes, <laughs> interdimensional portals, the All land of Oz. Work. All in a day's work. Okay, so what's this guy, Mr. Chen, John Chen, up to? Oh, I know. I'm thinking in connection with a guy named Brian Chen, who's a tech journalist. Okay, but in any case, John Chen, what's this guy up to? So he is apparently "quote unquote" disturbed. Oh boy, we're talking about his personality here. Yeah, no, uh, he's disturbed by Apple's stance on uh, in, uh, encryption and security. He is he is accusing Apple of acting to to protect its own reputation uh, at the expense of the country, at the expense of society, which is. Just don't even. I, well, I guess you are getting me started. That's the whole point of us being here. Um, so he said that um, he said it, this was in a. Um, uh, where was he speaking? He was speaking at something in New York. Oh, it was the, the BlackBerry Security Summit in New York. Yeah, and uh, he he said one of our competitors, we call it the other fruit company, has an attitude that it doesn't matter how much it might hurt society, they're not going to help. Okay, first of all. You, sir, are the other fruit company because Apple was there decades before you. That just that infuriates me. He has no business referring to Apple as the other fruit company, but whatever. Uh, and he said, uh, quote, I found that disturbing as a citizen. I think BlackBerry, like any company, should have a, a basic civil responsibility. If the world is in danger, we should be able to help out. And he adds that... Um, uh, what foreign government did BlackBerry agree to work with to provide a black door to their messaging system? 
Well, the, you know, they have denied it, but there have been reports that they have worked with uh, several foreign governments to do that in order to stay in business. Pakistan was one. Uh, China is another. It's unclear exactly how much they've cooperated, but but he said, uh, of course, there need to be clear guidelines. The guidelines we've adopted require legal assets, a subpoena for certain data. Sorry about that. Uh, but if you have the data, you should give it to them, is what he said. And here's the deal. The data that Apple, Apple regularly, as a matter of policy and practical um, application, Apple complies with lawfully issued warrants and subpoenas. If Apple has the data, Apple hands the data over. That has never been an issue. There is information on Apple's servers that Apple can give a handover when it's con- when it's presented with a warrant or a subpoena. The thing that Apple has uh, balked on was in providing information it didn't have. The thing that Apple has balked on is in creating a backdoor for the government to be able to get into its devices. And the argument is not for Apple's right. It doesn't even make any sense. The argument that Apple makes is that this is better for society. This is better for, for customers. This is better for people. Security is better than not security. And John Chin should know enough to know that he's either misrepresenting reality or misunderstanding reality. And it's, I, I, I find he would it not be the serious. only corporate executive to be a little divorced from reality. I think Steve Ballmer kind of fits in that category. At least now he's doing what he's meant to do, which is to work with a sports team. That is true. I, I don't know John Chen's motivations, and I don't. I'm not even. I'm not positive about his technical background. I do know that that he's at BlackBerry, a company where security is a thing. And that he's been CEO of this company for several years. So I'm thinking he probably has enough information to know that he's misrepresenting reality. And I assume it's because he thinks he can score some kind of PR boost at Apple's expense. And that's ridiculous, too. Because the people, the people that pay attention to this know better. And the people who don't know better don't pay attention to this. So I don't know who he thinks his audience is. I don't know. It, it drives me nuts. It's disingenuous at best, and it's outright falsehood at worst. As I said, he's not the only corporate executive to go down a rabbit hole. Speaking of rabbit holes. That's true, Gene. So much for John Chen and a certain company called BlackBerry. Let's move on. What should we talk about? Oh, maybe the next iPhone? Going to be supposedly an iPhone 7. And you've read the same reports I have where you have commentators saying, well, it's going to be like a a subpar upgrade. It's going to look mostly the same as the previous one. And all this other nonsense. And when I read that, predictions is going to be bad. I think, is Samsung or somebody feeding that? You know, it's hard to know who is... Feeding it, uh, you know, there's there's probably not a grand conspiracy unless it's a conspira- conspiracy of ineptitude. Um, people, uh, I, I, who, uh, it's impossible to, to to know fully where 
the source what what the source of those opinions are but it's likely ignorance or just you know the same kind of apple hating that we've seen for you know decades uh, the reality is that uh, at least i think the reality is going to be that um, iphone 7 will have uh, you know it may or may not look very similar to iphone 6 and 6s uh, but you think here in terms of looking similar we're talking about a rectangle with a touchscreen. And there are oh, only yeah, but- so and only so many things you can do with that. You can have curved edges or not. You can have squared off edges or not. You can change it a little bit. You can change the distance of the screen bezel from the corner. I mean there are things you can do, little tiny details, but fundamentally it's a rectangle with a touch screen. Well but yeah, but but the iPhone the original iPhone was a a rectangle with corners in the screen. Exactly. But That's what I'm saying. Of, you can go back and forth and do all sorts of things. No, but but look at the difference between an iPhone, an iPhone 3G, an iPhone 4, an iPhone 5, an iPhone 6. You know, each each generation has looked fundamentally different. It's because little things mean a lot. As you say, it can be larger. That's the one difference. It could have the rounded corners or the squared corners. And the edges could be rounded or they can be squared off. It can be lots of different things. You have lots of creativity. And just to make it look different, which is always possible, Apple could look at all the shapes and form factors they've done and maybe go back a couple of generations and bring in elements to make it look unique. So there's always things they can do to make it look a little different. So I don't think that's important. I don't think that it's important to me, but I realize that the critics out there are going to say if it looks the same or mostly the same, it can't be very different. And that's where we get to the argument about what constitutes a significant redesign. Is it all the surface or the interior or the subsurface or whatever? Yeah, and I would We've got Brian Chaffin of the Mac Observer. I'm Gene Steinberger in the Tech Night Out Live. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. This is an alert. If your business or church is building this year, you're about to pay more than you should. This could mean thousands of dollars more for your office, retail space, church, or warehouse. A general steel building can save you as much as half the cost and time of similar conventional construction. And we're offering rebates of up to $20,000 to help you build today. Call General Steel for free information that could save you thousands. Call 866-91-STEEL. 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 Water is the single most important thing your body needs, so you want to be sure it's the best for you and your family. Since 2005, thousands have depended on Berkey Purified Water. The Berkey Guy provides the lowest priced filtration systems in every size. For incredibly delicious water now and in an emergency, get to GoBerkey.com or call 877-886-3653. 877-886-3653. GoBerkey.com. Are you worried about your mom or dad living alone in their house? Hi, I'm Joan London. Listen, I know how difficult it is to find senior care for someone you love. That's why I recommend a free service called A Place for Mom. They are the nation's largest senior living referral service. Call A Place for Mom today. 
To receive free information on senior living communities in your area, call A Place for Mom at 1-800-704-6182. A Place for Mom offers free one-on-one advice from local advisors and a personalized list of senior living communities you can visit. If you have questions about senior care for your mom or dad, there's a place for answers, a place for mom. Call A Place for Mom in the next 10 minutes to get your free ebook on financing senior care as well as free information on senior living communities in your area. Call 1-800-704-6182. That's 1-800-704-6182. Paid non-attorney spokesperson. Injury help desk is responsible for this advertisement. Principal Office, Las Vegas, Nevada. This ad is not legal advice and the choice of a lawyer should not be based solely upon advertisement. Services may not be available in all states. Attention prescription antibiotic drug users. Have you or a loved one suffered an aortic dissection, aortic aneurysm, or abdominal aortic aneurysm after taking the prescription antibiotic drugs Levaquin or Avalox? These popular antibiotic drugs have been prescribed more than 80 million times since 2004, and medical studies show an increased risk of the following injuries. Aortic dissection, aortic aneurysm, and abdominal aortic aneurysm. If you or a loved one use the prescription antibiotic drugs Levaquin or Avalox and suffered from aortic dissection, aortic aneurysm, or abdominal aortic aneurysm, you may be entitled to substantial financial compensation. Act now. Time is limited to file a claim. You may be entitled to substantial financial compensation. For a free consultation and free information, call Injury Help Desk at 800-823-3851. 800-823-3851. 800-823-3851. Ted Anderson telling you about Jordan Rubin's Beyond Organic Green-Fed Raw Cheddar Artesian Cheese featuring whole milk created through ancient dairy breeding, unpasteurized, untreated whole milk on the same farm the cows graze, containing natural sources of omega-3s, CLA protein, calcium, probiotics, and enzymes. I have never tasted cheese this good, and you need to try it. Contact your Longevity distributor or call 877-878-4203 or go to GCNteam.com. Are you living your passion? Are you pumped to go to work because you get to talk about or work with or do the things that interest you the most? Is working, playing, and relaxing one and the same? As long as you're working for someone else, you'll never be living entirely true to yourself and your passion. I'm Pharmacist Keith. Let me show you how you can work around your current schedule, create the extra income so you can live your passion. Visit radio.recordedvideo.com. That's radio.recordedvideo.com. Radio.recordedvideo.com. You're listening to the Tech Night Owl Live with Gene Steinberg. You never know what's going to happen next. So the form of the next iPhone, Brian Chaffin of the Mac Observer, what can you tell us? I don't think that the that the form is really the most important thing about an iPhone. Yeah, it's it's always interesting to get a device that looks different. And I and I don't know. We've actually had conflicting rumors on exactly what the iPhone Seven is going to look like. But like one of the things that seems to be just about set in stone is the idea that it's not going to have a headphone jack. That to me seems pretty reasonable. Um, it's the other technologies that Apple brings to a new iPhone upgrade that matter far more than than the than the shape. Um, and Tim Cook told us very specifically that 
the, the next iPhone had all sorts of things in it. So, you know, I'm my, my jury's out until they actually announce it, but I'm I'm confident that Apple is going to release a compelling device. Okay, so it doesn't have a headphone jack. Why do you get rid of it? Well, so that's that's a great question, and I've actually seen uh, people say, "Give me one good reason to get rid of the headphone jack," and I, I can actually give you three. One is internal space. When it comes to an Apple device, every you know iota of space on on the inside of of, of a device is used for something. And a headphone jack actually takes up a considerable amount of space. This was the biggest reason to go from the 30-pin dock connector to the lightning connector. It's smaller, and it's better and faster, but, you know, whatever. The second reason to get rid of the headphone jack is that it is a point of egress for moisture and or water, liquid. Uh, The third reason to get rid of the headphone jack is that it is one of the top things, if not the top thing in an iPhone that breaks Right, the in, the inside of the headphone jack breaks, uh, you know, because people are are, are jamming headphones in there um, day in and day out, and all three of those are very compelling reasons to get rid of it, as long as you have a good solution for replacing it. And it seems that Apple's solution is going to be lightning connectors for headphones, and then of course I, I certainly hope that Apple will ship in the box. A an adapter, a dongle, for those who still ha- who have legacy devices, which right now happens to be almost all, if not all, headphones, uh, so that you can actually plug in your headphone jack into the dongle, which then goes into the lightning port, and everybody uh, can go along their way. And scream, except, of course, you run into the problem when you have to charge the unit. Well, unless the dongle has a pastor. Or also the other thing that some people have mentioned is the possibility of a wireless charging system. Um, yeah, that's possible. But what about data connecting? Yeah, you know, I personally want to see some sort of a, of a pass-through system, something that allows me to, to plug in the headphone jack and then still have and still charge it too. That's, that's what I want. Now, I've got a pair of headphones, Gene. I don't know if I told you this. I've got a pair of headphones that has a lightning connector. From a company called Audis, they make really high-end headphones, <laughs> really good stuff. I, I love these things. They are. Let me get the official name. The L8 Titanium is what I have. It's from Audis, and that's a u d e z e dot com. And these are planar drivers, which is very different from a a, a, a what we think of as a traditional speaker. The, the sound is amazing, but they, it shipped to me with a lightning connector that had a digital audio converter built into it. And then it, and then you could change that out with a different cord that was a traditional uh, headphone jack. And I tell you, these things sound fantastic with a headphone jack, and they sound even better with a lightning connector. Expensive? Very. Th- well, these are, but it's not because of the lightning connector. Um, it's because of the, the planar uh, driver technology. Well, that, yes, that yeah. is a very expensive thing to produce. A friend of mine does ribbon speakers. Very famous designer of ribbon speakers. So I know that stuff is really costly. All right. So we assume then, however, there will be a new generation of lightning headphones from this, most likely. But the thing is here, because of all the digital rigmarole, it's going to be a little more expensive at the start. Could be. Could be. I know. I mean, that's that's yet to be. Okay. We're going to have to see. All right. So pass the headphone. 
which is just repeated so often it may be true. And I don't care one way or the other as long as there's an adapter. I don't use the headphone that much anyway. But there we go. Wireless charging, I mentioned that as a possibility. What else in terms of hardware features does Apple need to add and what they might add? Or is it just going to be the usual faster stuff? I don't know. I, you know, things like, like 3D Touch were a surprise when they were announced. There's a lot of stuff that the supply chain can reveal purpose, purposefully or accidentally. But there's a lot of stuff that the supply chain can't reveal, in part because even if folks are making it, they don't necessarily know what Apple's doing with it. So we don't know what other kinds of technologies are going to be included, but there is a brand new rumor on Friday that this device will be designated as waterproof by Apple, and that would be pretty significant. This is especially true because the alleged waterproof phone from Samsung is not waterproof. Call me surprised. I, fill me in. I, I don't know the story there. Consumer Reports and Square Trade tested it, and it didn't work. It failed the dunk test. Aha. That's, that's so, you know, Samsung is just, they're just such a shady company sometimes. Well, they're a shameless company. Yeah. But you think it's supposed to meet a certain standard. There are industry standards of levels of being waterproof. And I don't know what the ones are now, but there are industry standards. And if you say you meet that industry standard, don't you have to prove that? And if it's not true, don't you have to change your advertising? Yeah, you know, because not only do you actually have to meet the standard, what what is it? Is it IP? um, What's the uh, water-resistant thing? IP68? Well, here's the IP code thing, okay? So there are different levels of IP codes depending on on what that is. Regardless, the point here is that if you're claiming to be waterproof or water-resistant or any of that nonsense, you better sure as heck be that way. It's IPX standards, I believe. And they range from 0 to 8 depending on not being water-resistant to various levels of resistance until you get IPX8, which is you can protect your device in water over three feet. Right. Right. And and, and, and there's, you know, what the, the differentiation between water-resistance and waterproof is substantial. And a big part of that comes along with liability. If you claim your device is waterproof and it's, you know, gets ruined in water, you're going to be sued, and you're probably going to lose. And that's a that's a big part of, um, you know, Apple's devices are fairly water resistant. Apple's iPhones are fairly water resistant at this point, but Apple does not tell you that at all. You know, they're not claiming that. In that sense, they're avoiding liability. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So by making the device actually water-resistant, they cut down on uh, on um, uh, uh, repairs and warranty claims. Uh, by not claiming it, they don't get sued. And 
so the the newest rumor, and I'm I'm I, I'm honestly kind of iffy on this one, but the newest rumor is that the new device will be waterproof and that Apple will actually claim it to be so. I would give it a higher chance of being waterproof than Apple actually claiming it. Okay, so you think there's going to be some level of water resistance, or maybe it will be waterproof to some level. That's an issue we'll have to pursue in our next segment with Brian Chaffin of the Mac Observer. We're not all wet on the Tech Night Owl Live, but some other shows are, I think. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. The award-winning Graphic Converter 10, the universal genius for photo editing apps on your Mac. Join over one and a half million loyal users for the Swiss Army Knife app. It gives you all the features that you expect, and most important, it's easy to use. You can get it for just $39.95 from www.lemkesoft.com. That's www.lemkesoft.com. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. There is an affordable alternative to the high cost of health care that offers freedom from insurance while providing compliance with the Obamacare individual mandate. Imagine having access to quality, affordable health care that allows you the freedom to choose your doctor and hospital. Members can share up to 100% of necessary medical expenses, including some alternative treatments. Find out how you and your family can contain health care costs without giving up your freedom. Go to libertyoncall.org. That's libertyoncall.org. By now you know that wireless technology like cell phones do in fact pose dangers to the health and privacy of everyone. Blockit Pocket's wide range of products are unmatched in providing the protection you deserve. No scare tactics, just common sense. BlockitPocket.com offers quality American-made options to alleviate and eliminate these invisible dangers. Learn more at BlockitPocket.com or call 888-315-9618. BlockitPocket.com, enhancing health and privacy. So you've got to take a state construction license exam or certification. Can't decide on what books or what chapters to study? Discover right now how you can eliminate unnecessary books and wasted study time. At ContractorExam.com, our study materials zero in on state-required test topics in an effective, multiple-choice format. So whether you're a plumber, electrician, general contractor, or other construction-related trade, ContractorExam.com will help get you prepared. Visit us at www.ContractorExam.com today. Hi, Peter Vaccaro for ParanormalDate.com. Are you looking for love in all the wrong places? Now you have a chance to change that by signing up for free at ParanormalDate.com. This incredible dating site puts people of like minds together. People who are interested in the strange, the unusual, mysteries, ghosts, UFOs, and the afterlife, and so much more. ParanormalDate.com was developed for you, people seeking a viable alternative to the other dating services. You can join for free by going to ParanormalDate.com, and if you decide you like it and want to connect with people, use the code GEORGE for a substantial discount. 
Mark Rawlings, president of ParanormalDate.com, says so many people hunger to share their experiences about the paranormal, the unexplainable, or the afterlife, and so much more. And this is the source for them to meet and share that common interest. So sign up for free at ParanormalDate.com, ParanormalDate.com, and use the code GEORGE if you decide to connect with someone you like. Hunters, anglers, campers, and survivalists, get back to nature. Expand your horizons with the highest quality, most versatile, unique slingshots and slingbows on the market at slingbow.com. Slingbow products are compact and models start from just $17.98. They're perfect for your bug out bag or storing in your vehicle. Give yourself and your loved ones the excitement and tradition of Slingbow. A new frontier in archery and truly modern twist on this primitive survival tool. Feel the thrill only at slingbow.com. You're listening to the Tech Night Owl live with Gene Steinberg. You never know what's going to happen next. All right, I don't know where I got into that rap about not being all wet. It's because we're going into rabbit holes. Brian Chaffin. How far do you think this is going to be resistant to water? Is it going to be waterproof to some level? Yeah, it'll have to be to some level because you go deep enough. The deeper you go, the more pressure water brings to bear on its surroundings. So uh, there would definitely be a limit uh, to how waterproof it is or how deep it is. I, I don't know what that level is going to be. Well, obviously, this is something that isn't going to be necessarily obvious from people looking at prototypes, unless there's a label on it, a product label saying it meets a certain standard, IPX, whatever. And then you'd know what Apple is promising. But I would be pretty sure that if Apple does it, it's something they're going to meet in terms of a spec. But the second issue, which is probably the remaining bugaboo with people in iPhones and other Apple gear, is battery life. Now, there was a rumor also from a prototype that the battery will be slightly larger. And because Apple gains more power efficiencies from each generation of chip, that all told, maybe the devices will offer more battery life. What do you think? Do not hold your breath. That's what I think. Apple has shown us again and again and again that it has a target for what it thinks is acceptable battery life. And that if... It can improve anything. It makes the device smaller. There are a lot of people who would like an iPhone to be less thin and to have a longer battery life. And Apple has, again, said repeatedly that it doesn't care. Maybe what it is is that Sir Jonathan Ive wished he could have lost some more weight. I mean, he's not fat. He's normal. But maybe he wishes he'd lose weight, and because he can't, he projects that onto the devices that his department creates. I mean, that's funny, but I think that Apple just fetishizes thinness, especially in mobile devices. To Apple's credit, we buy these things. So apparently we like thinness to some degree or another, even if we're claiming that we also want longer battery life. So eventually your smartphone will be a thin fabric or a thin piece of rigid plastic or aluminum that because of all sorts of weird technologies stays strong. Well, that's a good question. It does seem like there is some sort of minimum thickness be at, you know, beyond which a minimum thinness beyond which it becomes less comfortable to hold or, you know, th- 
its structural integrity is is uh, compromised. I don't know what that level is. I suspect Apple does. Whatever that is, obviously Apple is sensitive now to Bengate of a few years ago. So whatever they do, they're going to demonstrate the thing is thinner. So you don't think the battery life is going to change appreciably? Not appreciably and probably not at all. What else do you think this new iPhone is going to have? I don't know. I haven't seen any really credible rumors about additional additional technologies that, that have been circulating. Apple may actually be able to give us a couple of surprises. Well, I certainly hope so. So do I. It'd be fun, wouldn't it? Be surprised? Yes, we should all be surprised. But you, So you have no idea what you think Apple is going to do. <laughs> What do you want in an iPhone if they're developing it for Brian Chaff and you're sitting down there and you're across the table having a beer with Sir Jonathan Ive, very expensive beer, and he says, Brian, man, and he does it with his British accent, which I will not even try to duplicate. He says, Brian, what would you like to see in the next iPhone? Most of the things that I want to see in an iPhone are services related. On, a, on the physical side, I suppose I would like to see 3D Touch become more of a thing and more utilized, and I'd like to see it on more devices, including iPad and, and the iPhone SE. But the biggest thing that I want in iPhone Gene is something like Google Now, but Apple. And Google Now for Android, not Google Now for iOS, because it does exist on iOS, but it's it's honestly nowhere near as good as um, it is on Android. So we have Google Now and Apple then? Well, we have Apple Proactive, and we have Google Now. And Google Now is remarkable, and I want to see more of that. I want to have my phone presenting me with information before I ask for it. That's what I want. You want Apple to predict what you want. You want Apple to read your mind or understand your intentions. Isn't that, though, what the new Siri is supposed to be doing? Apple closes the gap with Google Now with iOS 10. Apple is absolutely closing the gap, but that gap still exists. I want things like this. Well, this is one of my favorite features that a friend of mine who's an Android user uh, told me about one day. He had done a Google search for a band six months before he told me the story. And that day, Google now turned around and said, hey, this band is going to be playing uh, in San Francisco on such and such a date, like two weeks from then. It was reading his search requests. Yeah, well, yeah, Google reads everything, right? In this case, Google was putting that information to use for for the user and not for the sake of advertisers. Google knew that my friend was interested in this band. Google also knew that this band was going to play. So Google put the two things together and told my friend the band was going to play. That is useful, and that was without him asking for it. That was without him saying, by the way, make sure you you tell me that any band that I search for is if they're gonna play. You know, he did there were no options here. And and the way Google now works on the Android side is that if you don't find something useful, I think you can, you know, flick it one way. It's it's a little panel, it's a, it's a little little panel of information. You can you can flick it off the screen in a particular way, and then Google now will de-emphasize that information in the future. And the things that you that you do use, it will emphasize. So, you know, Google was first to do things like, and then Apple will do this now too. Uh, the uh, Proactive does this now. But years before, Google did things like notice where you were driving at certain times during the week and offering you, without asking for it, 
uh, driving directions or traffic updates or, you know, how long your drive time would be if you're going to go to this certain place. That's a useful thing. Again, Apple does that now. Because Google has a search engine, it knows far more about what you're interested in than, than Apple does. And Apple is also very keen on not doing things like reading our email. But the reality is I want Apple to read my email. I just want Apple to not sell that information to someone else. I want Apple to read my email and understand who I am so that it can present me with useful information before I ask for it. That's, that's the biggest thing I want. I trust Apple to do this while protecting my interests. And I don't trust the other companies that can do this sort of thing to protect my interests. Because once again, Apple gains nothing from that information. Brian Chaffin, please tell our listeners where we can go and search what you're up to. I'm the editor-in-chief at MacObserver.com, and you can find my personal blog at GeekTells.com. That's T-E-L-L-S. And Brian sometimes goes down the rabbit hole when he visits us every few weeks. It's true, and, especially when you lead me there. And we've gone to some real wacky and wooly ones this time. You can find us on Twitter, which is not a rabbit hole, except to some. We're on Twitter. Look for Tech Night Owl. Look for Tech Night Owl on Twitter. We also have a second radio show. It's about UFOs and things that go bump in the night, speaking of rabbit holes. And this week, we're going to talk to our favorite monster hunter. Her name is Linda Godfrey. And she's author of a new book, listen to this, Brian, called Monsters Among Us, an exploration of otherworldly Bigfoot, Wolfmen, portals, platforms, and odd phenomena, as if the previous stuff wasn't odd. Right? Right. You can find that at Paracast.com. That's Paracast.com. We also offer the best way for you to support the show directly, and that's Tech Night Owl Plus at plus.technightowl.com. That's plus.technightowl.com. What do you get when you join it for a low subscription price, a cheap subscription price? You get the commercial-free version of the show. Free of the network ads, no fast-forwarding necessary, better quality audio. Can you dig it? Prices yes. start at $6 per month. Thank you. I have to pay him for that, by the way, when he says that. You know, he's going <laughs> to send me a bill. And I can't afford it because I have to move at the end of this month because the landlord sold this place and said, okay, there's a new owner. Goodbye. Your lease is canceled. Isn't that nice? Okay. That is it's, lovely. That's excitement. And we'll have Brian Chaffin back very soon for more excitement. Thank you, sir, for joining us on the Tech Night Out Live. Thanks for having me, Gene. The Tech Night Owl Live is a copyrighted presentation of Making the Impossible Incorporated. We'll be back next week. Same bad time, same bad channel.